0: Let me me preface these remarks with, I never, never, ever believe Israeli figures. I've been in the government too long to know that the Israelis are patent liars in their
1: Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant, independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Sunday, March 3rd, 2024. Thank you for joining me today. I was going to be playing a very powerful and important interview today with uh, Zach, Zachary Foster, Ph.D. I decided to put it off until tomorrow because I wanted to follow up on an actually pretty incredible series of events the follow-up to the flower massacre which in and of itself is not a unique situation even post-october 7th but it got a lot of attention because it was horrendous but even myself in in researching this today i'm going through and looking at some of these new reports uh, and seeing them get conflated into the same story but starting to realize that there has been as far as i can tell two more aid convoys specifically trucks individually that have been bombed targeted uh, in Let's just not conflate it. There's shootings along with all of these, but that these have been attacked right after what just happened. Even as the world is paying more attention than ever, I just can't even. I'm beginning to question genuinely how whether this is like lack of control over their own people or they're just that, in, in the sense of the Israeli military, just that, I guess, of the mind that no, they're just no one's ever going to hold them accountable. So we might as well just go as open and blatant as possible i'm just kind of confused by how obvious it all is and what that really means don't be confused by the fact that it's obvious it's happening we can see it i'm confused about the intentions behind it like how is that actually the way this is playing out so we're going to follow up on that story with even more information this will be the third point on this coverage now in regard to the, the day we covered this on the day it happened the follow up that i think is provably i mean obvious provable evidence that this was a setup that they let this happen in order to both hurt these people, but then use the event to blame them and, and justify continuation of what they are doing, which is not bringing aid in while pretending that they are. I mean, and and that that it's just provable and coming from corporate media more today, not to say that that means you trust corporate media just means that that is the truth. No matter who is pointing it out based on the evidence at hand. And now today, More evidence is coming out, even CNN with more investigations coming out, proving the exact opposite of what Israel's saying. It's just this fascinating dynamic. Obviously, and I've continued to say this, that it's not like with the UN or any other entity that we should, and I think rightly so, be skeptical about and with CNN, obviously. But it's interesting. It's like, it's, it's it's like watching, it's just a, it's like a documentary. I'm fascinated on watching how this is happening. And it just, again, remain skeptical about all these groups, including with watching this channel or any independent media. You should be questioning everything, which, again, always means entertaining all things, even from sources that we know are trying to deceive us. You entertain it. You dissect it. Do your due diligence. Nonetheless, what they're saying and what's coming out from even groups that I think are, you know, their job is to mislead you, now trying to gain some kind of clout back or starting to show things that destroy their narrative and yet weirdly it keeps going and that's the hard part about all this but the additional convoys that have been attacked show you that this is a pattern and again the point we made the last time is that this is not new even from this last flower massacre they have been shooting at people getting aid from the very beginning many of us have been pointing that out and we're going to do a point to start today uh, in regard to uh, a quick overlap of the kind of the new york times Again, all this is like dismantling and falling apart in front of them. The story about the rape allegations and important to kind of overlap that with the way that lies are being constructed in how it's being discussed around the Flower Massacre. The story being inconsistent, different representatives giving different stories, proving that they were involved and they were the only ones there, trying to blame UNRWA and the UN for somehow not doing what they're supposed to, even though they just spent the last month. Forcing them out. And they recently said they weren't even there because they don't have any funding. So it's like this whole thing is kind of imploding. And it really amounts to the obvious reality that this is a deliberate effort to hurt people. I just don't know how to frame it any other way. And that's amounting to clear genocide by every metric that we have, including from the World Court itself, which is still ongoing. There's a few other things we will get into today, but that's the crux of the point that we're going to focus on. And I wanted to point out, again, you know, as I pull my shoulder, Pat myself on the back. It's never really what it's about for me, but this part, I mean, I'm proud of the work that we do. What I'm going to say is in general, what I always point frame as demonstrating our value that we're covering the story as a lot of other great independent media are, but few and far between, in my opinion. That as we're covering the story and we're following up today with the, t- the, the current events that are happening, that corporate media is still trying to find a way to spin, that you're only going to find this from on-the-ground journalists, social media reporting, that kind of stuff, that we're piecing together and giving you the tools to decide for yourself what's going on in some cases, coming to conclusions, that we're breaking this down today, things that happened a few hours ago. And and still following up and continuing to break down what happened on the 29th for the flower massacre. My point is that it, 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 most of the corporate media is only just now reeling about this story and trying to break these things down. But even most of the independent media is covering that first part of it and it, today, whereas we are well past that. And as I've continued to show you that if you watch this show and, and you engage with this platform and all the different groups we work with, you will be ahead of these stories I, I, you can disagree with that, but I think our track record speaks for itself. Very clear to see. It doesn't mean we're always right, but it means that we put the pieces out there in a, in a way that allows you to do your own due diligence and learn for yourself and be able to understand these things. And you begin to realize that it's not really that somehow we see before things happen. It's just that we're following along. And we're using our educated guesses and our estimations and our research and putting the facts together and pictures begin to evolve and their tactics become pretty transparent. And we have a pretty good estimation about what seems like it's about to happen. And again, I don't need to tell you guys this. That's why you're here. That's why you're supporting this platform. So thank you for continuing to help us be ahead of the curve. And I wanted to ask one more thing I thought was interesting with how clear this all is, right? With how shockingly obvious it is that this is wrong what's happening is not about freedom or or fighting against a bad guy and i'm wondering where all the people were right in the beginning not the ben shapiro's of the world that are going to drown in these lies until they i mean no matter what it seems but like someone like a a dave rubin or even like a jordan peterson give them hell Netanyahu. where are they standing now it's interesting how a lot of them have gotten real quiet and i think that even and that, that also bothers me too If you're in that position and you stood up and were like, yeah, I support this and you're wrong and you're an anti-Semite, if you say that and are now going, okay, wow, this is a really bad thing. Have the courage to stand up and be like, I was wrong. This is disgusting. And I still stand by my statements to begin with. But what is happening here is genocide. Find that courage, guys, because you can make a difference today, even though you were allowing genocide to begin with. Now, let's start with a quick point in regard to the AI thing we just discussed, I think the last show, it might've been yesterday, the the show before, but again, specifically on Palestine-Israel. And this is not hard to see. And frankly, I don't want to say, go find it out for yourself because I want you all to run screaming from any of these machine learning, AI, you know, (laughs) harvesting information from you setups. But nonetheless, you do it if you want to prove it to yourself because this is very easy. All of these things are doing the same, it seems right now. Just a quick example, Google search suggestion. It says, who are the Israelis? it says, well, Israelis are the citizens of the modern state of Israel, regardless of their ethnicity or religion. The majority of Israelis are Jewish, but there are also significant Arab, Druze, and Christian populations. Israel's diverse, and, you know, just the story you might—I mean, that's not necessarily inaccurate, but there's a lot more to that story, and there's some things in there that I would just argue are only the way they are because they've been illegally and immorally made that way. But nonetheless, the point is that's what you get. But then here's who are the Palestinians. It says— if you'd like to up-to-date information, try using Google search. That's the response you get from the artificial intelligence search using Google. So, I mean, I can search Google right now and find out information about the Palestinians. Do you think that's an accident? You think that's an al- a Google algorithm that just couldn't figure it out? No, that's a, that's a human influence on the outcome. So welcome to your artificial intelligence, ladies and gentlemen. It is the same thing as was before, you know, the, the saying, the, uh, you know, Meet the new boss, same as the old boss. But in any case, let's start with this in regard to a quick point about how they're, the Israeli government, the Zionist entities are lying about everything, it seems. And now even the corporate media have been slowly distancing themselves, even from the, the foundational kind of arguments, such as the rape allegations, right? So the the, the mass rape claim tor- sort of took the place of the 40 beheaded babies argument, which some people I can't believe are still actually saying. even. Any beheadings or babies or any of that. Even the even the argument they made about the human, the adult being beheaded was dispute disputed by Owen Jones from The Guardian and multiple of the journalists that claim there was no evidence for that. In any case, they keep saying that beheaded children, that didn't happen. There's per Harret's, even the IDF. But nonetheless, the mass rape allegation sort of became the fill-in for that. And that too has been shown to be completely baseless. Now, I said in the sense of being proven. Now there's plenty of data points I could point to you that would say that I could say, "Well, that might suggest it. That might indicate that something might have happened, but when you dig into it, you find out, oh, you could, that there's nothing there, and this is why it looked like that. The point is, we were left at that stage. Here is a, a stain on this person's pants that might indicate something happened, or maybe she was sitting in a blood stain on the ground because people were shot. But who knows? right? Let's just assume that it means terrible things happened. Well, no, that's not what journalists do. That's the court of public opinion, which is what they're trying to abuse. All this time forward and all these investigations, we've probably put up five different segments, articles, Robert's written twice about it, showing you that there is nothing but conjecture. And now even the UN has said that already, but of course the UN is Hamas, so we just ignore that. But of course the point is even the BBC, Fox News, CNN, these kind of elements are now beginning to go, well, you haven't come forward since then with anything other than... I say this because I heard her tell me, but she's too scared to say anything. So she's not going to come forward. I won't even tell you her name. Or we have all these repeated stories that keep being rehashed and resurfaced, even though the actual facts from the ground have now come out to show you that that couldn't have happened the way they said it did. Or they're pointing to an image we can prove was from 2022. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. So even all of that would not then prove that it didn't happen. But it sure as hell suggests that if they have to make this whole thing up, that it's probably that they don't have any evidence but also that it probably just didn't happen. And we have continual evidence showing you that people are lying about what they say they saw, how people were engaged with, what happened with them. And I mean, how do you pretend that they were all mass raped and then all of a sudden everyone coming back from Gaza is not being treated that way? I mean, that doesn't prove that it didn't happen. But again, all of these things add up to a bigger picture. That's all to say that it's right now where it stands. Zero forensic evidence, zero testimony, nothing in regard to people who claim they were raped. Nothing but secondhand manipulation coming from people who have been caught lying about everything else. Pretty simple. BBC distanced itself from the October 7th mass rape claims. Uh, Electronic Intifada is covering this and you can read about it. It's very clear. You can see all, they basically, they had some big expose they were going to come out with calling out the UK individuals for being rape apologists and then just kind of walked away from it. Everyone's realizing they don't have the influence they thought they would gain by going this route. You're going to get some, you know, pats on the head from the Zionist, very powerful entity and their lobbyist groups. And maybe that's enough for you as if you're willing to give up everything else. Seems like nobody is because you're not going to go anywhere with just that at least not in the Western sphere of media and everything else. So Bernard, 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 Arnaud, Arnaud, Jesus, I can't talk. Arnaud Bertrand writes, people are waking up to the insane amount of propaganda in Western media and think that it's new. It's not. It's just that you finally found, found out, found cause, excuse me, to pay enough attention to it. That's a good way to think about it. And I don't even think it's because you found cause. I think that there's something that was just, I mean, some of these people I think were just too afraid. And they realize now it feels more socially acceptable. We are herd animals, and we follow along with social cues. That's they abuse that. But a lot of these people, I just don't think they were even capable of understanding that it was there. Like they were follow along with it's not. That's not meant to move account, remove accountability. It's just to show you that there's people that have don't care enough to look, and so they just kind of go along with what the general narrative is. And they're now finally being confronted with information that they never have seen before. And that's the controlled flow of information. Either way. I agree. Suddenly all these people are seeing it as if this just started. It's not new. Folks, he says, you've been who've been following news about ge- geopolitical opponents of of the West, China, Russia, Iraq back in the early 2000s or even go back to the Cold War, you can tell you can tell you, excuse me, it's a feature, not a bug. Western mainstream media's role is to create a narrative environment that justifies the policies the West adopts. Which it's it's <laughs> You know, think about in a way like a moral, like they don't even consider whether it's good or bad. It's just we want to achieve this. So we'll make this happen through whatever means we're capable of. And that includes murder, theft, rape, everything we've talked about. And those are all provable based on U.S. wars, and the way they've engaged or Western wars to be more specific or broad, I guess. Western mainstream media's role is to create a narrative environment that justifies the policies they adopt to manufacture consent. It has very, very little to do with the search for truth. Glad you're finally noticing, better late than never, citing somebody saying, genuinely, I think the New York Times, October 7th rape story is the worst journalistic and editorial malpractice I've ever heard of. And guys, this is a roundly, right now, this is a, as prominent as something can be like this, that's calling out corporate media or anything establishment while we're dealing with a genocide, but it is actually getting a lot of attention, even within kind of mainstream circles that this was, I mean, a dumpster fire. They're comparing it to the you know WMD conversations. I mean, so many different things. He says before you even get to the fact that the function was abetting genocide, right? So basically allowing what's happening. Are you are normal New York Times reporters just like well, uh, just like well, we work for a propaganda outlet now, right? Like yes, <laughs> or they don't care, or they don't even consider that it's just crazy to me how everyone does see this at this point. And some people, and this is the point about Israel. The same thing. It's like they're just either politically invested. Or they can, or they care. Like it's like this very interesting binary reality where people on all, it's actually interestingly enough, kind of like the COVID conversation where the partisan lines sort of disappeared. There were still people that were aggressively there. Sort of like now you've got this aggressive Christian right side that's just blindly supportive of Israel no matter what. But I see a lot of Republicans, I, I might even argue the majority that don't that clearly call out Israel and see through this. And the same thing on the left. And all of a sudden you're finding common ground with those crazy leftists or the the white supremacist rights or whatever they call them. And all of a sudden we're like, yeah, we all agree it's genocide. Same thing happened during COVID. And what it begins to show you is the illusion. Finally, the lines are breaking away. We go, yeah, we do have a lot in common until they force the the lens over you that makes you focus on the wedge issues. But here is Will uh, Menaker saying, like Judith Miller's Iraq war lies, this has to be understood not as failure of the new york times and its leadership because that's how they want you to see it but the fulfillment of what they exist to do they're the they're willing to live with the embarrassment to do what they see as their duty i i really agree with that it says the new york times let's do an investigation to sexual violence it was more a case of uh of them having to convince me and this is in regard to the uh writer there's two examples multiple writers involved with this but what you'll find is that it seems like they went out of their way to convince people one of which was never even a writer before this and mo- i think most of them or they- i think it was i don't want to misspeak but at least some of them were part in the idf at least had been and they are literally writing a paper that's ban- manufacturing consent for a genocide around a story that we can now prove is not true even more so because of this h- crazy story that they thought they would have enough support for But as Paul Bigger writes, to to put the Intercept article in a broader context, they they covered this. It's called The Story Behind the New York Times' October 7th Expose, which you should read. Israel published lies about sexual violence. New York Times editors demanded an article to support it. New York Times got a first-time reporter to investigate, in quotes. They found nothing, zero, nada. There's zero factual provable evidence in this article other than testimony, conjecture coming from secondary reports that are anonymous, and things like that. They published it anyway. Israel murders 30,000 people. I mean, that's kind of the way this goes. And it writes here, and not only that, but the reporter readily said that the whole thing was to support literally using the word Hasbara, which in interesting, in certain contexts, they call antisemitic, but that's an, that's an actual process or a, a policy by Israel. It's called Hasbara. It's framed in 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 positive light as manipulating the narrative in a way to help Israel's agendas or whatever. But the point is it cut straight up manipulation, like lying. And if you actually get into the Hasbara talking, it's about knowingly lying for Israel, which is the same thing all these governments do. It's not unique to Israel, but just recognizing that she openly says this, that this article was about lying for Israel or... You know, however you would frame it. To remove the word lie if you think that's not what it really means, but it really does. They're just simply saying it's about an agenda, not about actually finding facts. New York Times went along with all of this. Ryan Grimm points out, in this is one of the, the writers, or, you know, quote, writers, at Schwartz, in the podcast where she was interviewed. She said she was told these rape crisis centers did not hear from victims and had no reports to share. I mean, not only are they lying about it, you go into, the, I don't want to go deep on this because that's not the point today, but just, you can look through it. All this stuff is very, very clear, and this is exactly what we've been telling you. So where's the evidence coming from? Where are the reports coming from? IDF members? Well, they lied about everything we've heard so far. And Zachary Foster just points out, again, make sure you follow him. Our interview will come out tomorrow. He's a very intelligent person. He just simply points out interesting overlap. Between 1882 and 1946, the most common justification for lynching in the United States was the claim that black man, a black man had raped a white woman. And you can go, you can look the historical, this is not something that's hard for Americans to, to wrap their mind around, sadly enough. But he then writes, I noticed that APAC seems inordinately obsessed with tweeting about the mass rape allegations. You know, the ones that aren't true. History doesn't repeat itself, but it does rhyme. And it just makes this point that this is not unique. But it does show you the kind of mentality that we're dealing with. We're talking about people that want to justify their crimes, their bigotry, their racism, by calling you the bigot, you the racist, you the one that doesn't understand, right? That's how this tends to work throughout history. Power structures will do what they need to maintain power. Here's an article we did, a lot of these, a lot of segments and discussions, but here's one if you want to break it down more. Here's the Haaretz article that does their own research on this that says, Everything they're discussing in this regard is a lie. Not every single story, but the ones we've discussed. The trusty propaganda, the oven and the baby, the stomach being cut open, the 40 beheaded babies, all of these stemming from Zaka and these different groups, including the mass rape allegations. And they're, they're not all of which happened in reality. They're, it's very clear. Here is an example of one that I think just kind of shocks the one, the one of these primary stories about the people, the hostages and so on. Propaganda and Co. writes, Hamas fighters shielded Israeli hostages to protect them from IDF Shrapnel. So if we're talking about people that were so, you know, de-hu- like however whatever word you want to use, that they hate these people so much that they were going to rape and murder and torture. Well, we can prove all of that, by the way, has been happening to Palestinians by Israel. Now, it's certainly possible. And I wouldn't even be shocked if we're talking about the same thing happening in reverse. I have yet to see the evidence. What we continue to see is allegations and narratives and lies, provable lies. Well, there's a classic UN's documented human rights groups have documented it. The treatment of Palestinians in detention. Point is that now we have the comparison to what they claim happened over here to what they're doing and holding people in Gaza. And now we get them coming back saying they were treated well, they were fed, they were getting medicine, they were getting medical treatment, none of which is happening over here for Palestinians. And on top of that, while they're telling you that IDF bombings are killing their own people and the IDF lies about that to this very day, one of them spoke to the Guardian and literally said that they were shielding them from the IDF shrapnel, literally wailing to kill, to take, to give their own life up to save the hostage An Israeli, for whatever you want to reason for, I'd argue because they're trying to get their own people back and that person represents one of their own people. Here's a clip where she's saying this and I'll show you the actual Guardian article. Well, here, I'll just show you this first. Here's the article where she's talking, being interviewed rather, and it simply says, the family was moved repeatedly from tunnels to apartments. One, again, showing you that they were not just in tunnels. So as they bomb and carpet bomb these buildings, that they're very well killing their own people, which I think they know. And later, to supermarkets, mosques, so same thing, right? Sometimes on foot, once on a donkey, so as they're bombing donkey carts, same thing. The bombardment around them intensified. It says she was more worried at times that she and her daughter and, and their family that were there would be killed by Israeli offensive rather than their captors, who once shielded her family from their bo- with their bodies as shrapnel rained around them. It's kind of hard to, to make this make sense. When Again, really all it amounts to is a bunch of Israeli narratives that certainly could be true and then a bunch of facts that challenge it. So you can choose to take their narrative as a, in, in lieu of the facts when they've been caught lying, but that's sort of like the same game with trusting the Ukrainian military, trusting any number of these situations where that's where this ends up. That's a choice. It's a political choice. And I think you're on the failing side of this. Hey, Instagram just censored the show again. Big surprise. And this clip here oh that's right i didn't download it so basically the clip uh, carly shared this in reg- after propaganda co uh, basically just saying the same thing but you can just see as it, it says it was nuts like saying they were being bombed boom, boom boom shrapnel coming in it's on channel 12 by the way you can look it up for yourself folded the mattress over themselves and the guards so hamas or whoever's guarding them protected us he said they lay on top of you he said from the army shelling that because they were very we were very important to them right it's, just, it's you know and again the guardian quote of the same so it's interesting that challenges the entire narrative but this is the kind of propaganda we get from from the the israeli propagandists right the idea just wholesale lies with nothing to back them up and the only people that want to believe them are people that have a vested interest in blindly believing whatever is pro-israel Aviva Klampas is one of these people. She says a Hamas leader says the terror group will not provide any further details on the hostages in Gaza without a big price being paid. Oh, really? Where'd that come from? Yeah. Trust me, bro. Source, right? Where is it at? Certainly possible. But then is that a random Hamas member? Was it a leader in Qatar who is still being funded and protected by Israel? What are we talking about here? Because if we're going to be honest about the situation, as of like two days ago, they were already offering a full exchange, which they've been doing since week one, that literally everybody but Israeli propagandists have been honest about. They've continued to offer a full exchange for all the people and a full ceasefire, which Israel continues to say no to. And then offers a temporary, which nobody wants except Israel, because it will amount to the same thing happening and Israeli hostages going home, which is what some people want. But if you only want that and you pretend that the other side doesn't matter, you're a disgusting person. Because those of us in the humanity side, we care about the Israeli hostages and we care about the Palestinian hostages because they're human beings, and we all want them to go back to their families. The problem here is to say that they pay a big price without. With if you ask for more details, I mean, how do you re- how do you reconcile that with the fact that they're currently still meeting in the talks with Egypt and Qatar? I mean, she, let's be clear, let me be unequivocally clear: she's lying about that or she's pointing to some random person claiming that represents all of Hamas, or she's pointing to the leadership who says things that they constantly pretend represent what Hamas does, even though what they're doing never seems to tie in with what they're actually saying over here. Like, it's just, it's obvious that they're protecting the leadership because those are their assets. Again, that's my opinion, but I think it's very transparent, but it says Hamas isn't interested in negotiating. You mean, you mean aside from the three, four and a half months of constant negotiation or the fact that they continue to forward deals that then get refused by Israel. How is that not negotiating? Their strategy is to continue sacrificing Palestinians until the world pressures Israel to end the war. Who is sacrificing Palestinians exactly, right? Because, oh, I get it. The lie that all of them everywhere are tied to legs of, of Hamas members, right? That's the only thing that you're talking about. Not the 15,000 starving children or the 10 different babies and incubators you let starve to death or your own people that you shot or your own people that you poisoned or your own people that you starved to death. Like none of that, right? It's all just Hamas and human shields. I mean, this is painfully embarrassing. I hope these people are wildly uncomfortable. Everybody sees through them. And here's the kind of propaganda just like that we're getting. This is an American lawmaker. Get this. It's uh, Alma Hernandez. She says, Only in America does a Jewish lawmaker need to be escorted out early of a progressive pro-choice women's event by police and venue staff through the back door of a kitchen because it's, quote, not safe to go out the front due to the pro-Palestinian groups explicitly targeting me. In other words, people protesting you politically because they disagree with your policy. But, of course, to frame that as violence gets you the points you think you want. But it says, I'm used, to the no- I'm used to the nonsense. But when you threaten my safety and family, well, no one's doing that. To disrupt the peace, well, I shouldn't say that. My point is that the mass protesting is not there going, we're going to attack you. They're pointing to individuals, which could just as easily be Mossad or anybody else. That's not to say that it is. If you pretend that's not happening back and forth from both sides, you're being naive. Both sides actively try to pretend to be the other, try to frame them doing the thing that they want them to see people as they're doing. We know this. Both sides. Hear me. My point is, if you can't recognize that there has already been examples of members of this exact kind of, uh, you know, American lawmakers, people in the IDF come out. How about just all the atrocity propaganda? Literally making up things to justify their actions. So why wouldn't this be the possibility? Like, how about, we, how about ADL faking hate marches? We just talked about that. Why would you put it past them from calling these people to threaten them to then justify it? Now, I'm not even saying I think that's what happened. My point is no matter what, to frame the entire pro-Palestinian protest who's out there screaming for ceasefire and peace as violent is just not connecting for anybody except those who blindly want to hate these people. But it says, of an event that I'm attending and we have a problem, it says, this is a reminder to you anti-Semites So conflating the entire protest as anti-Semites that you are not doing a a single thing to free Gaza from Hamas. And that's what you think you're doing by murdering everybody there? No, you're flattening the area and building settlements and you just don't care because you don't think they're humans as you've all basically expressed. It is truly an embarrassment, she says. Well, here's the point about all of it. So was she threatened? Well, no one knows except her video and what she says. Well, let's watch the video to clarify. What do you think? Let's see. Oh, maybe I think there's a glitch. Maybe there's a glitch. Did Twitter glitch out on us? No, no. It's a two-second video of her shoes walking out of a door. So we can't even prove that she's in this place she said she was. Think about how stupid that is. Here's my feet. Two seconds of my my ugly shoes walking out of this room. Really? Okay, so the bottom line is, I'm willing to bet you my life. This was a protest out there calling for peace, which all of them are. I mean, literally, guys, you can prove this. And at the end of the day... To frame them as violent suits your political agenda. And so if because wink, wink, free Palestine means we hate Jews. Well, there you go. They're all yelling free Palestine. And look at those flags. They're terrorists. So the police who are directed by you, who you direct to walk you out, or even just say because they're arguing that your direction is that these people are violent, therefore just to be safe, that's the point, just to be safe, we'll take you out this way or whatever. That does not therefore mean by default that they're you're a threat. Or they're, they're a threat to you because the police decided to do that. Who, for all we know, you told them to do that. My point is, all of this based on a shoe video is ridiculous. And this is a desperate effort. Do you think if this was what was going on, that that's the best they would have? Guys, if these were thre- people, they would be per- showing you the threats. They'd be waving these things around saying these people are out to get us. You know, you can see doing that on a roundly daily basis. People like this. Zionist sycophants, people in the IDF. We'll show you today at the end of the show. Threatening everybody everywhere, rolling over children with tanks. But no, we'll show our shoes and pretend we're being threatened. It's things like this, is my point. Eli David says, so if we don't, well, the, the article says banning Gaza protests. Okay, so they're arguing they want to ban them because they claim they're terrorists, right? Well, that's stupid because that's just a broad statement. And then the point becomes because we know they're terrorists, you see, that's how this game works, but they're not. But banning those terrorists could lead to terror attacks. See, so this is a circular logic concept, if that's even the right term for it. So you establish something that no one's proven. But then from that thing you pretend that's proven, you say, well, because of that, therefore this might happen. Then he goes, well, so if we don't let the mob generate fear and undermine our values, well, they'll start killing us. Why? Because the Times article said so? Are these Palestinians speaking? I mean, these people are desperately grabbing onto anything they can use to try to dehumanize what the people were talking about while pretending in any other conversation they're doing it to save them. Banning Gaza protests could lead to terror attacks. Why? What logic is it? Read the article. It's ridiculous. It is a bunch of conjecture and circular logic saying, well, they're all supporting terrorism, so if we stop it, they'll act out in terrorism to do what they want. See? One, two, and three. I mean, it's just pathetic. What it amounts to is got, to Palestinians are terrorists. I mean, they just can't even hide who they really are. It's gross. It truly is disgusting to me. But this is propaganda because it's based on a circular logic and nothing really there. But people read it and go, wow. Oh, they're just going to attack you if you if you plan them? No, nobody said that except you. Here at the same point, Elon Levy says the same thing we showed you the day. While misinformed malicious actors claim that not enough food's coming in, Here we have all of this food and shows you a static image that's not even from what we're talking about. And says on the Gaza side, which he's now quietly started saying the opposite because he knows he's being caught. Like, that's how bad this all is. So the point was on the Gaza side, trying to pretend that they're not letting it in after they deliver it to their side. His latest tweet says that it's all piled up on their side and it's because of the U.N., Those two things contradict each other. And the point is, the UN is literally not even able to do it now because you removed their funding. But either way, it's propaganda waiting for aid agencies to distribute it. You mean the ones that you defunded and aren't currently there? I mean, how stupid can this get? And same day, here is the actual trucks actually backed up awaiting entry into Gaza. The other side of what he just said on the same day, same video taken, as well as the fuel that hasn't gone in since October of 2023, which is a war crime. Period. So just the food is one thing. The fuel, that's why the, the medical systems are collapsing and everything else. So all that being said, a couple of points I want you to think about if we go through the flower massacre points is, as we said yesterday, the chief allies, the people who are most pro-Israel, Six of them just went to Israel and came back saying that that he has utter disregard for Palestinian lives. So just recognize that they have zero support and everybody who would usually be supporting them are going, they're murdering people. I think it's a desperate move to get to win back support at a time when they're now, you know, looking inward. They're thinking, well, I can't start supporting Netanyahu at this point because I'm going to lose my position as a leader and then I can't even support him anyway. So it's like this long-term thought process. Well, they'll go right back to supporting the illegal governments. That's what they do. That's my opinion. The point is that they all came back and said, total destruction, disregard for Palestinian lives. So who are we arguing with here? If everybody sees this, everybody everywhere, except a few cowardly politicians and the genocidal government. So the point is we all do, but the part I'm fixating on is that it still goes. It hasn't stopped. And that's what people keep saying is somebody needs to actually take an action here. The US could stop funding it. They could stop sending weapons or somebody needs to take action to coerce the US to stop doing that. However you look at this, standing and waiting is not gonna do it. Now here is Lynn in a, uh, a uh, I forget what that was. It, it, it's an, I think it was a member of uh, the government in Ireland. In any case, the point is this is a representative speaking on behalf of, you know, the situation in Israel. And this is shared by uh, Abier. I, f- I feel like I just, anyway, I don't want to get distracted. I, f- I feel like this is the g- a girl that, uh, a woman that works with uh, a group that I was just covering. But in any case, that wasn't necessary. This is a great video where she's breaking this down and just highlighting the current situation. So thinking about this as we go forward about what they're actually dealing with, this is the current reality.
2: It's boiling because we are seeing children, innocent children blown to bits, children who are getting the limbs amputated without pain, out anesthetic because of the blockade and I was in Palestine in 2015 with Operation Protective Edge and I witnessed with my own eyes aid being prevented from getting into Gaza when Israel decided to, as they say, mow the lawn and that's Mm -hmm. what they do every few years they go in and they bulldoze. Do you think we have have, Has Shambin been slow to recognise the terror that has been inflicted by Hamas? Everybody has condemned October 7th everybody has condemned, that doesn't not justify going in and slaughtering innocent women
1: and children it's so isn't that it's, it's it's actually insulting like you should be insulted by that today i mean she's right i mean even people that probably don't even feel that have said yes i condemn that because they have social pressure literally everybody has said that's bad i mean anybody with a human with a heart and a conscience can say yes they're civilians that shouldn't have happened and I mean, literally, everybody was saying yes. That the, the, here's what, and even myself taking the hard line right in the beginning. International law says they have the legal right to armed resistance. Period. But here's where you can put show that they have committed crimes, and yes, that should be held accountable. But that wasn't enough for the wild Zionists that wanted you to say nine eleven point two oh. It's just not the reality. But my point is now, after everybody has said that, now five months of genocide, and they keep going. But but what about this day? It's insulting. It means that that is more important. No matter how much happens here, their lives matter more. Whether they realize it or not, that's what they're doing. And it is grotesque because it's not true. Human life matters. No matter where you are, what color you are, what religion you are, it matters.
2: Oh, absolutely nothing justifies it. And it's rich for AMOTs to talk about law and what's right. legal in a war. They don't respect the International Court of Justice. They have tried to undermine the UN and UNRWA. So they, they, they think that they can act whatever way they like, because Israel has been allowed to act whatever way it likes. And that has to change. There has to be sanctions. There has to be consequences for any state that goes rogue. And at the moment, under Netanyahu's government, Israel has become a
1: rogue state. Mm -hmm. God, I hate that. I always try to stop it before I see the TikTok thing. Well, just just to address the point in the chat, because this is a fair conversation that we should be having. Somebody says there's nothing to condemn on October 7th except the crimes of the IDF. Now, that's actually certainly possible that every single act that was considered a crime could have been committed by the IDF with all the information we now have. But I don't think that. I mean, let's remember that even and I'm not talking about the leadership that I don't think is truly representative of this point of the people on the ground in Gaza. People in Gaza have spoken in Hamas leader, you know, leadership, but not the leadership in Qatar in regard to the people that are the, the heads of the whole thing. Have spoken up and said that they did take these people, that they did they did shoot civilians, and the point was they even argued that it was. and And this is where you can have the conversation that they simply argue one that that side never the law doesn't mean anything to the U.S. or the Israel, and they never follow the law. They shoot our children and our women, but still doesn't that means both of them then commit crimes, right? Doesn't wash each other away. But on top of that, that they would argue, and there's a valid argument to be made, that Israel is putting these people in positions in illegal settlements, that that's what they did go into. Kibbutz is these are illegal settlements. But nonetheless, I still argue that we need to take a hard line on that as humans, right? As people with compassion and morals, that we can acknowledge that what they did might have been, you know, that this is their rationale for it, but it doesn't somehow no longer make it a crime. So, but fairly, we would stand back now and say, okay, You look at the whole 75 years of brutal occupation and how many crimes murder and rape and theft and displacement and ethnic cleansing has been ongoing and uh, hold them accountable, but then still uh, compare that and and hold people accountable for the crimes they committed on October 7th or any other situation. Like that's the only way we can be honest about it. But again, I do think that you have to realize that there in regard to October 7th in particular, that there were, in fact, crimes committed. But that doesn't then somehow mean that Israel doesn't, you know, that what's happening in Gaza is somehow justified. Like she said in the video, there is nothing that justifies this. It doesn't, it, I mean, it doesn't matter. It, like, let's put it this way. If you, like, if Hamas had somehow got some large bomb and bombed Tel Aviv and killed 100,000 people, it still would not justify what they're doing to people in Gaza. It does not justify a response of civilian deaths and genocide. That's not what they're calling it, but that's what's happening. It just doesn't. And that's the way that's look at this. It's not tit for tat. That's, of course, how the U.S. government has actually operated. And that's what's changed people's dynamic in all of this. But it's not what they say they do. But it is obviously not okay no matter how you spin it. So here's a clip showing you the one I just played before. But I want you to see it again. I opened with this. That there's no way to deny the starvation. So even if you want to pretend that Hamas is somehow involved in this. There is still a starvation tactic taking place for multiple reasons we'll get into. But let's not forget, Israel has openly said, I think at least three different representatives at the leadership level have said, there is no famine. There is no humanitarian crisis. So if they're gonna tell us that a few weeks ago and now switch to, oh, but there is, but Hamas is responsible, how do you make that make sense? Either they're lying about everything and just going with whatever works in that moment, I mean, or, or are, are there, I mean, like the bottom line, you can't shift the narrative like that. It can't, I was going to say another alternative, but you can't go from completely the opposite to the other side of it. Either narrative, they just suddenly realized it. We can all see the famine. So if you're telling us that they were not in a famine, then you're trying to hide that now, or rather this is the new level of manipulation to hide the story. There is a famine and it's happening. And I think it's provable that what we're talking about with re- regard Hamas is not actually what's going on. Even the U.S. government has spoken up and said there is no evidence for that, as in Hamas taking aid.
2: Playing first, why viewers, why aid isn't being allowed in? Where is the aid? It's very simple. It's because the Israeli military won't let it in. We could end this starvation tomorrow very simply if they would just let us have access to people there, but, but it's not being allowed. This is what they said on the 7th of October. Nothing will go in, and, and so it remains the case. And for people in the north of Gaza, it's even worse because no food is reaching them anymore. And so my own staff, my own colleague, Abir, has been eating animal feed, and horrifyingly, the food that they were eating, which is food for horse and donkeys, is now running out, and now they're eating birdseed. The statistics also tell their own story. One in six children under the age of two in the north of Gaza are now acutely malnourished. This is the fastest decline in a population's nutrition status ever recorded. And what that means is that children are being starved at the fastest rate the world has ever seen. And we could finish it tomorrow. We could save them all, but we're not being able to.
1: The fastest rate the world has ever seen. I mean, is that just coincidence? Like, this is the craziest part about this, is that it's, it's you're acting like this, like I said the other show, you're setting all these records for genocide, and acting like this doesn't prove that it's genocide. How do you starving people the fastest we've ever seen, and act like that's somehow not indicative of starvation, or starvation tactics? Now, here, oh, this, this is the clip you can watch, but here is what I was telling you before. U.S. envoy says, and guys, this is, this is from February 17th, last month. U.S. envoy says Israel has not presented evidence that Hamas diverted U.N. aid deliveries in Gaza. Now, of course, because it's getting a lot of pressure right now, hopefully because we're talking about it, they've now altered the article, which is what they do. Now it says, mediator says, talks in Gaza not progressing. And this isn't some live update article. This is just an article that they literally completely changed the headline for. Big surprise. But the evidence is still there. The links are still there. And he did say it because it's the truth, guys. They have presented conjecture. They just say Hamas is everywhere, so that's what happened. And people bl- lie for it. Now, Francesca Albanese, UN Special Rapporteur, makes you need to understand that this is literally happening in front of us. Children are dying by starvation. This is a, this is a young boy who is starving to death and has now died. And the, this is an iconic image we saw in the beginning. This was him before he died. This is happening now. This is the UN. Here's the one I showed you the other day. Daniel Modas pointing out that this journalist is bringing food these starving children i know it's hard to watch guys but we need to understand that this is real this is like what we saw in yemen look at this child and tell me that this is not happening UNRWA saying babies in gaza slowly perishing under the world's gaze at least 10 children have reportedly died because of dehydration and malnutrition so dying of thirst dying of food of of starvation and this is just the kamal Odwin hospital in northern gaza Here's the statement from the UN, but of course they're Hamas, so nobody cares, right? But, oh, here's her Israeli media. Are they Hamas too? Firing at crowds of people who had been waiting for flowers since before midnight shows the IDF commanders on the ground and in Tel Aviv haven't grasped that hundreds of thousands of Gazans are facing the danger of death by starvation. So even Israeli media, first of all, acknowledging the, the obvious, they're dying of starvation, but almost giving them a pass. As if, like, they just haven't recognized that it's happening. I don't believe that for a second. But either way, here's what it says. Between the Israeli guard posts in the northern Gaza Strip, whose soldiers enjoy a steady supply of food and water, roam hundreds of thousands of thirsty, starving Palestinians subsisting on poultry feed, grass, and contaminated water. Now, ask ask yourself that. If they're so concerned about helping the innocent ones, why aren't they giving them the food they have in their hands? Can't they literally walk this food out to the the innocent people and give it to them? I mean, just think about how, no, they're making TikTok videos where they roll over the food, where they throw the food at things and make fun of Gazan people. We don't talk about that. Israel isn't allowing foreign journalists into Gaza, of course, because then they would see the reality, making it simple for it to just dismiss reports based on Palestinian journalists work as biased. That's what they keep doing. No evidence behind it. All United Nations agencies are perceived in Israel as Hamas. That's it. So the assertion of several UN employees that most of the wounded they saw in hospitals are bullet wounds are just biased, except it's too bad that the BBC followed up on this. And in fact did prove that, or was this uh, one of them? No, it's the harassed one, but they, the BBC covered this and cited doctors including people that are, you know, they're like the, it wasn't Abu Sita, but like these doctors coming from London that work in these, you know, help Gaza telling you that well, I think it was something like 80% that they saw was gunshot wounds. So, I mean, they're being contradicted literally everywhere at this point. And all they can do is go Hamas and just disregard the facts. Either way, the point would be to not forget that it's, I mean, I keep showing you this and this is so embarrassing that people make this argument online, seeing as how the IDF even spoke up and made this point. This is a a study from the Lancet. I don't even know how that got done so fast saying no evidence of inflated mortality reporting from the Gaza ministry. That's December 6th, 2023. Using publicly available info, we compared the Gaza Ministry of Health mortality reports with a separate source of mortality reporting and found no evidence of inflated rates. And now it's already been proven on top of that that the Israeli intelligence is using their numbers in their military reports for their internal meetings. That was publicly admitted, IDF. And yet they still act like even Mergev will say, well, but we don't trust Hamas numbers. Well, yeah, you do, though. So they just lie about everything. Either way, firing at crowds, they go on in Heretz of people who have been waiting for the flowers since before midnight, shows the commanders on the ground and in Tel Aviv, haven't grasped that hundreds of thousands of Palestinians in Gaza are facing danger by death of starvation. You mean they haven't grasped it by making fun of them starving? Or by talking about how they're starving or delivering the, I mean, of course they know what's going on. It says, if they recognize the severity of the situation, and they do, they apparently haven't conveyed it to their subordinates. Which what they're basically saying is that the the leadership don't care that people are suffering. It says, otherwise, the military would have adequately prepared for the truck's arrival and instructed its soldiers properly. So I think that's where they're trying to go with this. Either they're trying to gaslight for giving them an out. but, But I kind of what this is a like a tactful way of giving you what they might try to argue, but making the point right? The point is they are responsible as even TNN put to him. Obviously you're in control of this. We know that the UN and the world food, food pro, excuse me, world food program have been pulled back. At least I believe now they're starting to come back because they've been getting new funding, at least on the, on the UNRWA side. But at the time this happened, they weren't present. That's been pro- clearly proven. So only the IDF was responsible. So when they bring it in, as they've admitted they did, but they tried to hide it to begin with, They are the ones responsible. So whatever happened is their fault, no matter what. If Hamas shows up and takes it, that's their fault because they're supposed to be protecting the aid. Either they care about getting the aid to the people or they don't. By dumping aid into a a group of starving people when you know it's a fraction of what's needed for even the people that are there, you know you're going to cause chaos. But they're making that clear. They did not do what they were supposed to, no matter how you say. Even if their narrative is accurate, it's not. They still didn't do what they were supposed to. It says commanders would not have allowed their soldiers, protected by tanks and drones, to interpret the tragic spectacle of thousands of starving people, thirsty people, swarming aid trucks, as a threat to their lives. That's a deliberate misrepresentation, guys. It says if one of the army's versions from Thursday is even to be believed... The breakdown in the soldiers' conduct on Thursday, which ended in the deaths of 118 civilians, that's the most current count, apparently, is understandable if commanders rely solely on Israeli media outlets, which goes for pretty much every other story. But if you look at the facts, it becomes very rapidly clear they're lying to you. These rarely report on what can't be justified as attacks on terrorists and show tolerance and understanding for all the seen soldiers of humiliating Palestinians, posting on social media, So basically, as long as you pretend everyone's a terrorist, well, it all just goes away. That's what they're trying to do. It says, however, the breakdown points to amateurish negligence, if only from the angle of public relations and diplomacy. Israel and its military must soon convince the International Court of Justice in The Hague that it is indeed permitting humanitarian aid into Gaza as one of the measures to prevent genocide from being committed. Guys, this is why they're so desperately, you know, the Elon Levies of the world just contrary to all the facts, just saying they're doing it, saying there's so much aid, I don't even what to do with it, while they're starving them, because they're trying to create the at least narrative that they can force in at the court. But based on how it went last time, it's not going to work. The military is required to work together with the coordinator of the government activities in the territories, which issues daily English language information on the aid trucks it has allowed into Gaza and tries with all its might to give the impression that Israel's doing everything in its power so uh, so bombarded Palestinian civilians have food. Western governments are backing Israel and supporting the war. To be clear, that's not what's happening. They're lying about what they're doing, and we can prove it. But it says, which is one of the reasons for its uh, protraction, is basically they're blindly supporting Israel, no matter what. They apparently don't agree with the Palestinian position, which is the truth, that this is a deliberate starvation of Gaza's population. As demanded, openly, stated repeatedly, by the most extreme in Israel's government. So it's embarrassing that we're, we're not doing it. What a fake news story. How racist. But here they are saying they want that to happen in leadership positions of the government who decide what happens. This <laughs> is in accordance, in accordance with the disproved theory that the tougher the pressure, the sooner the hostage will be released. They never expected that. They knew it wouldn't happen. Their own history shows that Hamas is not going to do that. So that's one more example of why I think they wanted to kill these people. Hannibal Directive. Furthermore, as famine spreads, so does the practice of spontaneous distribution. As aid organizations call raids on trucks, cargo by individuals or groups. Point is, you're literally bringing food in as a fraction of what's needed to people that are, I mean, let's be clear about this. In that day, somebody might be starving to death. You don't think people are gonna be, I mean, think about the desperation that causes. Put yourself in that position and you've got a a five-year-old that's literally starving to death next to you. What would you do to get food? right? You're in a group of hundred thousand people. They put food in for 15. What are you going to do? You know, if you don't get that, your child's going to die tonight. What are you going to do? You don't think that causes people to act irrationally? Is that their fault? No, you have created the situation that you're now abusing and blaming on them. The point is that they're now saying that the spawn. they don't even know where it's going to go. They're, they're everyone. The, the, the situation they've caused is what they're pointing at to justify why this is going in the wrong location. Why it's taking so long, just like they did with the flower massacre. See, this is why we can't do it. That's actually what they said. Another reason for the low number of trucks is the driver's fear for their lives as no one protects them from armed gangs that loot goods for sale on the black market. Now, that I guarantee has happened in some regard. The Flower Massacre, there's zero evidence that was even there. Let's be clear. They have tanks and IDF surrounding it. So that's not what happened. There was no Hamas in that presence. But the point is that whether or not gangs have looted in the past, it's still their responsibility. They're supposed to protect the delivery of the aid. The only reason they're not is because they don't care about these people. And in fact, they want to use that to say, see, they're all a bunch of barbarians and a bunch of, which, well, that's that's a word that was used. Eli David called these people barbarians while they're trying to rush for food. I mean, the the true nature of these people is impossible to hide right now. But the drivers are scared because Israel's not protecting them like they're supposed to. Right? So that points to the reality that these people are not willing to do that. I I well, hold out. I have a point about the drivers. It says it's hard to verify independently, of course, without being there, which they won't allow people in to look at. It says and independent of IDF's claims, the extent of looting that Hamas is engaged in in order to supply uh supply food for its members. But again, guys, we just they're they've the UN the United States, multiple entities have spoken up and said there's no evidence to this. I mean, it's not happening, but they have yet to prove that that is happening. And yet they just keep saying it anyway. Typical, right? Hold on, I'm getting mixed up here. Where were we? Here we are. So the truck point in the drivers is I think what we're getting into here is a situation where they're using their own situation. Like the fact, again, we'll get into next is shooting the policemen. So they're shooting policemen pretending they're Hamas members when they're not, and then policemen no longer want to help to protect this, right? So that then they go, well, see, no one's there. It's not, not their fault still. It is ultimately your responsibility, but same with the drivers. They're aware that this is a desperate situation that's made any more desperate because they might even get bombed while they're doing it because Israel's doing that, because that's happened too. So then who was actually driving these trucks? I, re- I It's a genuine question. I don't think it makes sense that it would be IDF because I think they know that's a wildly dangerous position. But I question whether there was not, it wasn't in the interest of delivering the aid. Just a thought. But it says, but Gaza residents also report cases of policemen who are sent to protect the uh, the, the convoys from looters and are shot and killed by the Israeli army. And they just simply go, well, they're Hamas, which is even what they said about this conversation. That, well, they're we got to shoot sometimes the police because they're Hamas. Well, that has yet to be proven that they are, in fact, Hamas. But the point goes back to what Saeed Erekat made clear is that you guys made this the reality, funded armed, helped Hamas, that's the reality, and they ruled this area as the government for quite a while. And, that, and, and then now you point back at the fact, like how do you end up being in the police or the government? Well, you go through the channels that control the area. So now you've created this undeniable track record that you can go see, they're all connected no matter what. That's that, and that doesn't mean that they're all terrorists. In fact, it doesn't even mean that about the Hamas entity today in general, but they just keep pushing this in. It says, U.S. Special Envoy for the Middle East Humanitarian Issues complained in early February that Israeli forces had killed Palestinian police protecting the U.N. aid convoy. So even the U.S. spoke up and said, you're killing the people that are there to protect it and then blaming them for why it goes awry. Fifteen children recently died of malnutrition and dehydration, according to the God's Health Ministry at the end end of last month into, into today. Perhaps the commanders of their soldiers think it's all Hamas propaganda. Maybe they believe that narrative. I don't know. Perhaps they infer from the English-language COGAT propaganda group that there is a steady, sufficient supply of food for Gaza. And perhaps they think that the crowds of Palestinians storming the trucks are just criminal looters. I mean, how could you, quite frankly? But it says, regardless, the shooting at or towards the starving mass of people at the Flower Massacre on Thursday morning was no random accident resulting from mental fatigue. It took shape under the military spirit that preceded the October 7th Massacre. And, inter- and intensified after it. On the one hand, disdain for Palestinians, seen as people who are less worthy than Israelis in the mind of, of Zionist Israelis, and on the other, a sweeping incrimination of them as a group that poses a threat by definition. It is acceptable to bomb residential buildings with their civilian occupants. If, if It says if it's acceptable to bomb residential buildings and their civilian occupants inside because of the presence of a single senior Hamas member, which they've already claimed then there must surely be a license to shoot at people in the dark. Indifferent to the fact that they're hungry. Elderly parents, little children are waiting for them at home to return. Who cares? Because they're all Hamas. I mean, guys, this is Haaretz. This is leading Israeli corporate media. I just think it's wild how clear this all is. Now, the point in general, you know, October 7th was a massacre, but we have to remember that a lot, if not the majority, were shot and killed and bombed by the IDF. That's not even contentious anymore. That's been proven by their own reports, by Israeli media, by tank drivers, helicopter pilots, people that were on the ground, hostages, security heads of the kibbutz. I mean, it's crazy how much evidence there is. And you, have you even heard about that from the corporate media? How embarrassing. So the point is, yes, they grasp it. But even their own media can recognize that they're doing this on purpose. And yes, that they are starving. Here's Elon levy on the second yesterday. The idea that Israel isn't letting aid in is simply a lie. So just again, everybody else is saying the opposite. There is no limit to the amount of food in the sense of like the Zionist side is saying this, and then everybody else is going, yeah, but you're not though. You're blocking it. We can all see it. Everyone at every checkpoint, every level of it admits that. And I'll play a video to show you that from CNN of all people. And no, that does not mean we believe or trust in CNN. Tired of that same game. But it says there's no limit to the amount of food, water, medicine, shelter that can enter via Israel. See, they they love to play these word games. They think they're so smart because what they're doing is they're bringing stuff in, but they're not letting it through. It says there is excess excess capacity. And it's my point I made earlier at Israel's crossings for more to enter. Oh, wait a minute now. Didn't you just say that it was on the other side, that it was in Gaza's side and you made that all in capitals, but now you make the same argument the next day, but change your narrative. Oops. Because it's obvious that there, so if he can pretend that there's excess capacity and it's all on their side and it's Hamas and UN stopping it, well, then you could, you, you it's all sitting there, right? But the problem is that you can prove based on everybody else's testimony that they've created the dynamic to make it impossible. What he tried to do before was claim that it was all resting on their side and it's their fault. So he's already walked that back the next day. I just don't know why people, more people don't have the courage to highlight this very clear These people are grotesque manipulators. And then the person is rightly so says, tell us why aid is needed in the first place. Oh, that's right. Because Gallant said there will be no electricity, no food, no water, no fuel. Everything is closed. You see the point about how they can say that and then come out and protect. So how is there excess capacity? If he made sure to tell you this was going to be a siege and the international community, I was outraged about it because they're lying. It's that simple. And I said that here the same point, he said, the idea that they're not letting is simply lie. I said, here, he's still at it. Just relentlessly lying about something literally everyone else involved in this says the opposite about. Video evidence proving he's lying. Eyewitness testimony proving he's lying. He's not only starving children to death, but he wants praise for it. Disgusting. Don't forget Philip Lazzarini from the UNRWA, just so you see the proof of this, made it clear on the, on the 25th of February, the last time they were able to deliver food was the 23rd of January. They, they had funding had, had petered out. Nobody else was funding it. As, as I understand it, the EU has started funding again, or it's about to, and the U.S. is kind of waffling about that. But the point is that they have held them back. And the World Food Program on the 20th of February said the same thing. They're pausing delivery. So in the beginning, they want to blame all of them. Now this last situation, they weren't present. Make sure you he- keep that in mind as we go through this new part of it. Because they, now they're trying to shift back, as Elon Levy's doing, and trying to make it out to be that they're, they're responsible. They're covering up for Hamas. They're not even there. So, here's the first one, in case you want to catch up on the last shows. Also goes over the forensic investigation proving they lied to the ICJ with the fake information they, they provided, which is a prominent investigation group. But it says the Flower Massacre exposes the starvation campaign. Make sure you catch up on that, which we went over the stuff we basically already covered at the start. And then we followed up yesterday in regard to the fact that I think it's provable this was a setup or even to the point of a false flag. And th- that just goes in the fact that Regev basically said that it was Hamas that fired. So that amounts to a false flag by setting this up and then trying to blame the other side. That's what a false flag is, but more so a setup to justify their criminal genocidal actions. But let's play this clip again. It's only two minutes so you guys can get caught up on this statement because it is really powerful. The 14-minute interview is actually in, is actually worth watching. There's a lot said in there. But just this two-minute clip gets it done, as Terrence Daniels shares. He's red, caught red-handed lying again. In three-minute video, the lies just keep stacking up on him.
3: I think the first question, if you could answer, is... Who were these aid, who who was this aid being driven in by or for? The UN and the normal, you know, known aid agencies said that they had nothing to do with it. Do you know who it was?
0: I know the following that in order to help alleviate uh, the food shortage in Gaza, that we authorized in a convoy of, I think, some 30 trucks. uh...
1: So right there, just so it's clear, UN, not a part of it. World Food Program, not a part of it. And the IDF is the one that initiated the process. So at a time when you can prove they have been deliberately starving them, ask yourself why they suddenly send in, which, which was at best only 18, not 30. That's been proven by their own re, by the investigations. I argue it's even less than that. But why would they do that? It's not going to have any real effect on the outcome. People are starving to the point where they, as most of the experts are saying, they need thousands of trucks right now, thousands in, in a daily process. 500 a day was what they needed before and they were already starving when that was happening. That's what, that, what they were getting before October 7th. Right now, they're getting, what, 50-something a day, if that? It's an insult. People are dying right now. They're eight, they're dropping 38,000 meals, the U.S. did in Jordan, it's, it's, it's a not even abandoned in a bullet hole. It's insulting. It's actually making it worse if you actually break it down. The problem is, or the, I guess the, the reality is, if they're doing that, I think it's a huge, like, conspicuous act to suddenly send in a selected group. And then, obviously, what happened makes that even more clear.
0: Uh, Entered uh, Gaza last night, headed for the northern Gaza Strip. And uh, uh, and, and
1: don't forget the northern strip. This is one part that nobody's including, or a lot of people aren't. That the northern part of this, which they pretended was completely finished, right? We already locked it down, but then otherwise saying it's a war zone. Like, it just, they're lying about everything as always. But the northern, they're not getting anything. They're not getting any food. They're not getting anything. It, whatever even ma- barely comes through is going to the south. So these are the people that are, you're seeing emaciated, starving day by day. And now they're, and they're using the Flower Massacre to argue why they're not going to go to the north anymore at all, even though they weren't.
0: This shows that Israel is interested in seeing aid and foodstuffs reach the civilian population. Unfortunately, uh, in, uh, we saw a situation where there was a mass uh, casualty tragedy. Where it looked like the uh, civilians were storming the trucks, uh, uh, trying to, to to take the food uh, um, out of desperation, uh, and uh, and uh, people uh, a, a crowd was pushing and shoving, and, and people were killed. I can't tell you the exact numbers.
1: Well, as we go to the next article, remember, they they edited this selectively four different times, cut out the different parts. Each clip is from a separate part of it. It doesn't even line up time-wise. So this is an effort to manufacture an illusion about this. They even sped up and slowed down the images to make it look like they were rushing at times. They weren't. I've gone over all of this. Pete, you can show the tanks with the bodies laid next to them. We'll show you next. Like this, it, they they either didn't think it through or didn't think anybody would challenge them.
0: I don't, as you know, don't trust the numbers put out by the Hamas-controlled Ministry of Health in Gaza.
1: Well, your government does, and Lancet does, but, you know, liars.
0: Uh, There were reports that maybe their drivers were were driving over parts of the crowd. It it, it appears to be a a tragedy, but I can tell you Israel was not involved directly in any way.
1: In any way.
3: When you say not involved directly in any way, what do you mean? I mean, you enabled this convoy, as you said, and your forces are there on the ground and open fire. They said it themselves. What does that mean not involved in any way?
0: So the, this was we well, we allowed the aid to come in. We are involved that way. Uh, <laughs> that's our policy to allow food to How go bad. into Gaza for the civilian population. Nope. But in the incident of people storming the trucks and the way the truck drivers paid and, and people getting squashed and pressed and uh, uh, apparently there being mass casualties, uh, Israel was not there on the ground
1: see right there they lied we, we know that today because this was an interview right afterward so it's like they, it's like they come out with the narrative and then as the narrative exposes they come they just say something different and my problem is that people like her never seem to encounter you engage with that maybe they'll start to I still won't trust them I don't think for one second these people are being honest and I mean like from an entity as the CNN level but why don't you the next interview you go well last time you said this now we've proven that wasn't true what do you say about that? Are you lying to us? Like hold hold their faith to the fire. They won't do that, though.
3: Okay, but they did open fire and people were killed. So I'm completely confused by what you're saying because they admitted so the IDF talking, that, spokesman said it, said it on our air
0: that's that they a, opened fire. That's a that's a separate incident. Okay, not connected to the tragedy with the trucks. Uh-huh. And that was that was that was different place, different time.
1: <laughs> I just never used those. You guys can hear that, right? I've never even used those buttons. I don't think I really will. Just thought that was pretty, pretty appropriate time. But I mean, what a fail, right? Like, what a ridiculous, absolute, like, you're caught multiple times in a very short segment lying. I mean, it's just, it's embarrassing. So here was the follow up of the BBC part. BBC confirms the video released by Israeli military was in fact edited to exclude parts where Israeli troops fired on starving civilians attempting to collect food from aid trucks that was meant for them. As he puts, he writes, latest example of disinformation by Israeli officials. Class dismissed. <laughs> and so the, the basics here, you know, as we already covered, the video shows people were camped out on Al-Rashid Street Right. That was the street where they have been delivering this aid in many cases. They've already shot at. And, and the street that right before this, they sent out an interestingly different text message with audio telling them to go there. And then this happened. So this feels very manufactured to me. And I've seemingly everybody else, I guess. But it says at 4 a.m. local time, 29th of February, they, they, they carry the aid in from Egypt, passes through the IDF location. So it's not like we need to prove this, but just so it's very clear, this is an IDF-controlled process, and even as they keep pretending that the IDF isn't involved in the crossings, they prove it right there that they always are. The game is somehow Hamas, they were allowing Hamas to control a border of Israel. It's so, st- who actually believes this stuff? And then here they are, literally in control of the crossing. Like, it's just so embarrassing. But it says the IDF says there were 30 of the con- in the convoy, but eyewitnesses told them there's only 18. <laughs> what can't they, they- again, everything. But I actually, if you watch you watch the video and you tell me you see 18 trucks, I don't think it's even the reality. But the video released by the IDF is not one single sequence. So they edit it on purpose. It shows two locations, both of which BBC geolocated. The first two sections of the video show people surrounding two or more lorries, and they cut randomly to this other part of it where you don't see the actual shooting. But the point is, you can see the tanks and you can see these dead people laying around all of this. And the timeline shows you that when you actually break it down, it says this time it is also possible to see what appear to be motionless figures lying around the ground. The screenshot highlights the figures in red squares. It also shows what appear to be Israeli military vehicles nearby. And Regret's saying that they weren't even on the ground. You know, it's, it's embarrassing. Volleys of gunfire can be heard and people are seen scrambling over them. We see them ducking behind the vehicles, hiding behind things. And there's also the red tracer rounds, which I didn't know what they were at the time. But The more you, the, I, I assumed it was a tank, but when you understand what the tracer rounds are for, apparently it turns out that's for, for guiding the, 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 the you know, further campaigns, bombing, shooting. And it's interesting that you see a tracer round go off and everyone, they, then the shooting starts. So almost as if they were highlighting where to start shooting. You can watch the video. I'll play in a second. Israeli vehicles had started firing at people when the aid arrived, according to eyewitness testimony. It says Israelis purposely fired at the men. They were trying to get near the trucks that had flour. They were fired directly and the people from crossing, and they got killed. al Awada hospital received 176 injured people, and every hospital said the same, by the way. And just this one hospital, out of 176, 142 had bullet injuries. And it says during the incident, go- dozens of Gazans were injured as a result of pushing and trampling, according to the IDF. That's all they said. The tanks that were there to secure the convoy began trampling and uh, uh, see the Gaza's being trampling and cautiously tries to disperse the mob with a few warning shots. But that doesn't even line up with what we saw. You see the trace around, and then you see shots. And it's not just a couple of shots. It goes on for a minute. And according to eyewitness testimony, it continued well past that. And that's according to multiple reports. Shooting as they went back to get flour after it had stopped. He said the tank commander decided to retreat to avoid harming civilians. And quote, they were backing up securely, not shooting at the mob. Everybody has challenged that. So this is the three different testimonies, and each of them contradict each other. Pretty, pretty common so far. He said the tank uh, says, yet earlier, right, Regev, Mark Regev, said they weren't in the ground, they weren't involved in any way, all of which he's been caught lying about. The IDF opened fire in separate incidents he claims not related, and also tried to blame it on Hamas. Euromed, Human Rights Monitor, has also done their own investigation and has proven exactly the same thing. The timing of it, when the firing started, who was shooting, what it's exactly what we're saying. All broken down with multiple investigations. Now, here is a video from Al Jazeera showing you a, a couple different points, but this is basically this is the, the statements from people who were there in Al Jazeera covering the, you know, quote, other side of the story, which quite frankly, I think it's obvious there's only one story here, but this is what they're reporting. The contrast to what you're hearing from Israel is incredible. I'm now inside
4: Ashifa Hospital following the massacre perpetrated by the Israeli occupation forces against innocent and starving Gazans who rushed to Al rashid Coastal Road believing they could get their hands on some food aid near Al-Nabul Sirandabat. The entrance and corridors of the hospital are overpacked with victims, the morgue filled with dozens of dead bodies, yet many more dead bodies remain lying on the road. The medical staff stand helpless amid this influx of victims. As we speak, more victims are still being brought to the already overwhelmed hospital. Let's listen to some eyewitnesses.
0: We headed to Al Rashid Road, hoping to get some flour for our children, but then the Israeli tanks advanced. They opened fire randomly on everyone on the road. Dozens were killed and hundreds injured. I simply went there hoping to get some food for my young children, We've been starving for more than 140 days. Very little aid is entering
1: the Gaza Strip, and nothing is reaching the north. It was the first time that I went there to wait for aid. I took a bag because we don't have flour at home. As soon as the trucks entered, Israeli tanks advanced and started shelling. I was injured.
4: Israeli tanks opened fire. Dozens were killed and hundreds injured. We appeal to the whole world. We cannot feed our children. Any aid delivered is soaked in our blood. May God punish those responsible.
5: It is known to the whole world that the north of the Gaza Strip has been starving for months. It is beyond description. This man has a family of 12. As soon as he grabbed a bag of flour, an Israeli soldier shot him in the chest. Seeing him clinging to the bag of flour, the Israeli soldiers shot him again on the other side of the body.
1: You see, that's about as ridiculous as claiming that they accidentally shot one of their hostages 15 minutes after the first two right, when they shot those three Israeli hostages, the IDF, the story wasn't they shot them all at the same time, as you remember. They shot two of them, and maybe, maybe you could go, oh, we were unsure, we thought they were Hamas, we didn't know, but the one that was hiding, that they coaxed back out, who was yelling in Hebrew, I'm not an Hamas member, and then two of them shot him once they got him to come back out in the open. Okay, so there's just no way you misunderstand that. There's, it takes willful ignorance to pretend that's not exactly what it looks like. They, cu- they killed that person. In this case, you have an individual who was getting flour, who was shot. So right there, you go, oh, well, they were scared. They thought he was Hamas. When he's laying on the ground, shot with a bag, and they shoot him again, it's not hard to understand what you're looking at. it just, it just it's whether you choose to acknowledge what's happening or you have a political interest in ignoring it.
5: He is lying here before you. The Israelis alleged to be with humanity. They showered us with bombs, missiles, and shells, opened fire randomly on any moving person, They are killing and starving us.
4: Ongoing massacres, slaughters wrecked by the Israelis on innocent Gazans, a multitude of war crimes.
5: Hmm.
1: So here's another clip. This one's from uh, Bangladesh News, but I believe it is actually a New York Times clip breakdown. But let's watch this video. Here's what he writes. And says, this is the title. Israeli military's edited video raises more questions than answers in the wake of the Gaza truck tragedy. <clears throat> now it says, in the aftermath of the heartbreaking events surrounded a humanitarian aid operation in northern Gaza, the Israeli military released a heavily edited video in an attempt to deflect blame. However, far from offering clarity, the footage has only deepened the mystery surrounding the circumstances leading to mass casualties as people gathered around food aid trucks. The video presented by the Israeli military seeks to shape the narrative of the incident just like they've done many times and got caught for. But a closer examination raises more questions than answers. The extent of the editing, the omission of crucial details, and the ambiguity surrounding key moments cast out on the transparency of the military's account. Now, there's only one way to look at that. They're hiding something. Like, there's no reason you would selectively edit out very important parts that show how it went down. It's, it's, even if you think that they're actually correcting what they're doing, you're still covering up part of what happened, which shows you that there's dishonesty here. Oh, I know, shocking, right? As we delve into the footage, a disconcerted a discon- reality emerges. The tragedy remains shrouded in shadows. The chaotic scene near the aid trucks where civilians sought sustenance is obscured by the selective lens of the edited video. The lack of comprehensive and unaltered accounts, which by the way, they're refusing to give the full video of, I know, shocking, leaves room for speculation and further intensifies the demand for an impartial investigation. So here's the game like with the rape allegations. They put forward things like they've already done. Acting like that's sound and complete. And we go, well, and even, everybody, New York Times, individuals, they go, well, that completely hides something. And they go forward. And a week later, they, keep, they point back and go, as if this has been proven, right? They, they start attacking people. How dare you say that? We proved it three weeks ago. Same thing they're still doing with 40 beheaded babies, rape allegations, everything. They're still Remember, there was a moment, like a week, two-week period where they were attacking every UN member for not s- screaming about rape being proven. Because that's what they were trying to force in the narrative. Same thing's happening here. The lack of a comprehensive and unaltered account leaves room for speculation, of course, but to them, it doesn't matter. The international community, witnessing the aftermath of this devastating event, is left grappling with the complexities of a narrative that seems to be carefully curated. Questions surrounding the decisions leading to the aid operation, the military's response, and the overall accountability in the face of civilian casualties demand thorough scrutiny. This article aims to unravel the layers of the edited video, examining the discrepancies and highlighting the need for a transparent investigation into the tragedy of northern Gaza, the desperate circumstances of those seeking aid, juxtaposed with the attempt to shift blame through edited visuals, underscore the urgency of uncovering the truth and holding accountable those responsible for the loss of innocent lives. As the world watches, the shadows must dissipate, giving way to the clearer understanding of events that unfolded on that fateful
6: day. Thousands of desperately hungry civilians in northern Gaza gathered on the street before dawn on Thursday, hoping to find food on a humanitarian convoy. Instead, hundreds were killed and injured, trying to get aid from the trucks, according to Gazan health officials. Local hospital staff said scores were killed or wounded by gunfire. The Israel Defense Forces claim that most of the victims were trampled or run over by vehicles, and that their soldiers only fired at a group of people who were threatening their forces. Israeli officials declined to provide unedited footage of the incident. As you can see, the fragments of drone footage they released only add to the confusion around the series of events that killed and wounded so many Gazans. IDF footage shows hundreds of civilians surrounding aid trucks on the coastal Al-Rashid Road in Gaza City. Throngs of people crowd around each truck, hoping to catch bags of food as they are tossed off the back. At one point, people in the crowd suddenly appear to panic and run in multiple directions. The IDF says that this footage shows a mass stampede where Gazans are trampled. But the quality and short length of the clips makes it difficult to confirm these claims. Another clip in the IDF footage shows two Israeli tanks a quarter mile down the road and at least a dozen bodies lying nearby. The video doesn't show the events that caused the casualties, but several people can be seen crawling and ducking for cover. Other video filmed from a side street by an Al Jazeera camera crew helps fill in some of the gaps about what unfolded on the ground. It captures shots fired as crowds of people scatter and take cover. It is not clear when this footage was filmed in relation to the IDF drone video. But what is clearly visible is tracer ammunition, a specialized type of projectile that ignites to illuminate its path, which helps troops fine-tune their targeting. The source of the fire is not captured in the footage. But the trajectory shows it's coming from the direction where Israeli military vehicles are positioned, just a half mile away.
1: It's pretty simple, right? You have the tracer rounds, you've got the shooting, you've got the shooting from the direction of where we confirmed Israeli presence are. I mean, everything adds up. And the point is that I think we're now seeing an example of in the dark, giving them a trace around on where to shoot. I mean, think about how gross that is, like really, and it's my opinion. But we don't need to make an opinion or you know, to, to hypothesize about all the other parts of this. It's already been admitted to. They've already admitted they shot these people. Now they're just claiming that they were worried for their own safety or how, whatever it's stretched into the next day. Here's another video. And this one is, shockingly enough, is, is from CNN. This, this is TMJ who shared this video. And this, again, this is, it's a video from CNN that just is completely destroying their narrative here. And this goes into a, more of a broad point about just aid in general. But it also overlaps with this one story. And no, that should never be taken as this means we suddenly trust CNN. This is what you'll see in the comments below. Oh, you trust CNN sourcing? Well, no. I mean, why is that the argument? I think the reason statements like that are made is to downplay what's in the video, not necessarily question her her intent or her journalistic practice right? So the point is the evidence is already verifiable. What the point and the reason I'm showing you this is to is to recognize and highlight the fact that even corporate media is beginning to highlight this. It's not me breaking the story because look, CNN proved it. We're already proving the story. We already proved this four days ago. The point is that CNN now talking about it is just showing you how clearly everybody can see through this. That's the main part of it. We, I mean, question, everything applies to everybody. That's the way we always have to look at it.
7: Pallets of food aid with messages of love. airdropped into Gaza for a desperate population. This is a Jordanian flight with more countries looking to join the aid effort, among them the U.S. But this isn't a good news story. On the ground, a glimpse of how much more is needed... To keep starving Gazans from falling into famine. Airdrops are inefficient and expensive. You just can't drop enough food for a starving population. To stave off famine, you need thousands of trucks filled with food flooding into Gaza. But that's not happening. We were granted rare access to this warehouse in Jordan. One of the key waypoints for aid now, a choke point.
1: And the reason is she's going to Georgia is because Israel won't allow them to go look at what's going on there because they're not hiding anything. Right.
7: All of the aid that you see here is sorely needed in Gaza, but it's still waiting for clearance. Why? Well, CNN spoke to dozens of humanitarian workers and donor government officials who detailed Arbitrary Israeli restrictions on aid, often with little to no explanation, impeding a multi billion dollar humanitarian effort, even as Gazans are desperate to receive it.
1: I mean, there's no confusing that. I mean, th- th- this is how the game is played. They're going to pretend like these are justifiable reasons. We have to protect ourselves. We're worried about Hamas. But when you see what they're actually doing, like that's what Elon Levy and the rest will stand up and say, you know, you're, you're framing this. You're a racist because we're just trying to protect ourselves. And it's because of the dangerous Palestinians that we have to. But when you are restricting things like generators and anesthesia and crutches, it's very clear that you're just, and, and the point is not just about what you're restricting is that that list changes every 30 seconds. No one knows what is and what isn't restricted to the point to where these groups have to make up their own list to try and guess at what they might be restricted by. And then if they restrict one item, the whole truck is turned around. Does that sound like what you would do in a situation where people are starving to death? That's not even about security. That is intentionally, and again, I don't need to sell you guys on this. Everybody everywhere other than them is making that clear. It's an intentional effort to, to make this impossible. Now, you, you, you could argue lots of reasons why, but the obvious one is that they want people to starve to death.
7: About a thousand trucks worth of essential medical aid and food supplies meant for Gaza. Collecting dust, waiting to be cleared by Israeli officials. I mean these are baby wipes. Um yes. why are you still waiting for permission on baby wipes?
3: I don't know.
7: I mean, you have bandages, Yes, um, we're coming up over here, you've got wheelchairs, crutches. In that kind of war situation, these yeah. are really, really important things for people. Medicines, vitamin C over yes. here.
3: Yes. And this is what we think,
0: what we believe. It is crucial need that need to be sent
8: immediately to Gaza.
1: So for those in the podcast, this is a a Jordanian charity organization who's who's talking with her and all this is just held. All this is waiting because Israel is holding it back.
0: There's no excuse why it's still in our warehouse.
7: It's not just here that they're confused. Previously, Israel has said it's restricting military use items. And provided a list. Now humanitarians tell CNN they have not received an update, so they're relying on guesswork. CNN has obtained documents from three major participants in the humanitarian operation. A ghost list compiled by organizations piecing together the most frequently rejected items. Guessing. Among them, anesthesia, crutches, generators, water purification tablets, and filtration systems.
1: Look at that. And and of course, if they're pushed and this gets called out in a very prominent way, it'll probably simply amount to, well, Hamas is going to use them and we can't allow that. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a narrative that work no matter what, if people are willing to pretend it makes sense that you're just withholding everything that matters because well, if it's going to benefit Hamas, which is by the way, the argument that a lot of Zionists made online right at the beginning, we can't let food in. All we're going to do is help Hamas. You see how that works? So it's just, it's obvious what these people are.
7: Solar panels, ventilators, tent poles, X-ray machines, and oxygen cylinders. Publicly, the Israeli government agency Kogat claims that it has abided by a 2008 banned items list. In private, Kogat has said that that document is now obsolete.
1: See how that works, right? They stand up and yell the narrative they want the Western audience to pretend they think while actually saying the opposite. That's a classic thing you see in the Zionist conversations. Now, for those that think withholding food to starving people isn't is the right thing to do because Hamas may use it, these arguments that no other government will help their enemy, like that is a framing as if it's some country invading another country. That's not what's going on here. You're talking about an occupied area, and even if you disagree with that, an area that's completely controlled from the outside by Israel, and to the point to where you have this, you know, it's fish in a barrel here. And because it's occupied, because they don't have access to food or electricity without Israel in control of it, that these are things that need to be provided in the sense of, and I'm talking because of your opinion, at an international law perspective, they are required to provide what is needed in this situation in particular to make sure that they're safe, to give them food, to make sure that they have what they need. If you don't want to do that, then give them their own state. And that's exactly what Israel has, as people are now learning in a rapid sense, has made sure didn't happen, including by funding Hamas to make sure they were divided so they make sure they wouldn't get the two-state solution that outwardly they were pretending they wanted as Israel, but they don't. That's now become pretty clear to everybody.
7: According to a humanitarian official in direct contact with the Israeli unit, the human cost of miscalculating is immeasurable. For months now, even one rejected item means trucks like these, filled with aid, can be turned back even after waiting for days to get into Gaza.
1: Days waiting to get in. And so you're going to turn back an entire truck full of needed aid while people are starving, while you're pretending you're trying to help those same people and act like that makes sense? Take the, take the item out. It's not about... Process. It's about doing, making up things that will stop the process.
7: And on the ground, the reality is that without these critical supplies, people like Dr. Hassan Abu Sitta, a renowned war surgeon, are working in conditions even he has never seen.
1: And here's what bothers me about this, and this is the same thing I keep pointing out. Here's CNN literally highlighting a press conference where these doctors from Al Shifa, or was it Al Ali, from one of these hospitals proving, I think it was Al-Shifa, that they were bombed and they killed a bunch of innocent people. That's what this was. Here's all these dead people that the, the Israeli government murdered in front of us. Nobody cared. Even CNN will even show the clip with Sita there because he was working at the hospital. <laughs> they won't even acknowledge the actual murder that took place here, which is that's just corporate media for you.
7: A renowned war surgeon I are working in conditions hospital, even I he
9: has never seen. The hospital courtyard was... Because we didn't have any antiseptic, I had made a solution of uh, washing up liquid um, and vinegar and some saline. And so I would have to pour that over the wound and then scrub the wound down. It's probably the most, the darkest moment of my life because you're doing it, the patient is screaming, the child is screaming knowing that if you hadn't that child would be dead by the end of the day.
7: Dr. Abu Sittas experience in Gaza is not unique. What you are about to see here is very disturbing. With very little basic medicine doctors are making decisions they never thought they would have to make.
6: Mm-hmm.
7: Dr. Hani Bisesu turned his kitchen into an operating theatre to save his niece's life after she says she was hit by an Israeli tank in her home. He amputated her leg with a kitchen knife without anaesthetic.
5: <laughs> At Bisesu
7: miraculously survived. At just 18, she has already experienced enough pain for a lifetime. When aid does come into Gaza, thousands gather, clambering onto the trucks, even as Israeli gunfire rings out.
1: And this is why they're so desperate to make you think that they're bringing aid in so they can try to pretend like this action was not because they were starving to death, but just because they're desperate, disgusting, dangerous Palestinians. That's what they wanted the narrative. And so they're just, they're, we're trying to save the innocent ones, but guess what? None of them are innocent. That, that's this constant back and forth where that outwardly pretend like th- there's only one bad group in all this, but then give us 14 reasons why they're all working with the bad group or they all voted for them or they're all being used by human shield or whatever. So not how you spin it. They're all potentially guilty. And And this is what's so frustrating for the average person is it's like kindergarten level transparent. And yet we have to debate with people in positions of leadership and power that this is even happening.
7: Torn between fear and hunger, over a hundred killed and hundreds more injured. Yet you can see here people still clinging to what little they managed to get. The Israeli army says it's not responsible for what happened here. But as our investigation shows, at the very least, Israel created the conditions for this tragedy. These are shocking images. They show the turmoil when Israel opened fire on desperate people at an aid distribution in Gaza. Today, our investigation shows how Israel is creating the conditions for tragedy like the one you just saw by blockading aid going into Gaza. I mean, these are baby wipes. Um, Why are you still waiting for permission on baby wipes?
3: I don't know. So
7: much of what is desperately needed is sitting in warehouses blockaded by Israeli officials.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I agree that for, for the average person who would never watch a long T lab show or anything else and doesn't leave, this is going to be powerful. That is one of the important reasons. And I, you know, I, I'll go through and point out why I think this is even, you know, a, a limited hangout kind of presentation, but, in, and on top of that, that everything they're covering people like us have been breaking down for a month and a half, right. Or even further doesn't change the fact that it's still important, that this is still reaching average people who are going to be blown away by how contradictory this is to what Biden and the Israeli government are telling them. So if you want the, the full thing, it's actually the full video we played, same, same time on the CNN website, it's right here. Now here is another clip, also from CNN, where they're following up on this story. So it's is interesting to me that this seems to be something that they're continuing on. They, again, question everybody all the time. But no matter who is telling you this information, it is in fact what's happening. But I'll even point out examples where I think this is being watered down to, you know, to whatever end. But this is, I'm actually curious to see the way that they respond to this currently, as in, I mean, this is from three days ago, right? But today going forward, as we get into the new incidents, maybe just to drown the conversation and other new things so it gets confusing, I don't really know it's they're not pulling back right now.
10: Witnesses and the Hamas run Palestinian Ministry of Health say that more than 100 people were killed in what is being described as a chaotic incident as IDF soldiers opened fire as people were trying to get food from aid trucks. CNN's Jeremy Diamond is gathering new details. He's been picking up some new reporting. Jeremy, bring us up to speed here.
9: Well, first of all, Kate, I think it's important to note that the aid situation, the humanitarian situation in northern Gaza is just so, so desperate. And that seems to be part of what led to this scene. Hundreds, if not thousands of people surrounding some of these uh, aid trucks that were able to enter northern Gaza. Some of the very few aid trucks that have actually been able to make it in there. And you can see in this video by the Israeli, from the Israeli military, uh, the crowds of people around these uh, trucks. But what appears to have happened is that the Israeli military opened fire on some of these people who were surrounding these trucks. Uh, an Israeli military official telling us that the crowd approached the forces in a manner that posed a threat to the troops. And they say that those troops then responded with live fire. Now
1: yeah, that's been walked back, like largely showing gave like, even to the point though at first was where they didn't even shoot at these people. And I'll show you the tweet that Elon Levy deleted where he made that argument.
9: Eyewitnesses on the scene have told us that Israeli tanks as well as drones opened fire on this crowd um, and that following that, there was a chaotic scene. Uh, some of so
1: even CNN is telling you that they fired on people desperately seeking food, which then caused the chaos. That's what happened.
9: The drivers of these A-trucks apparently tried to get away uh, amid the this gunfire and- okay so
1: even more interesting is now you've got the the at least the what they're reporting as the drivers desperately trying to flee from being shot at so now and then then even then the trampling from the car the trucks they're blaming on it is their responsibility too because they've shot at people which you know they're they however you look at it they're responsible for what happened right down to the actual driving over people if that's what actually happened like, I'm wondering if there was the, the stampede aspect of it. Is if there's any validity to it. Very clearly, they were shooting at people. They started the problem. They created this from the beginning. And now we're trying to blame Hamas for it.
9: And killed uh, several additional people. We were told that 104 people were killed in this incident. 760 people injured, according to the Palestinian Ministry of Health. It's not clear yet how many of those were killed.
1: Okay, so if 760 people were injured, right? Hundreds killed. 118, I think is the current number. And most of that are gunshot wounds. Just make, make sense of that, right? So if you're going to tell me that 670, however, that people are shot and you're going to tell me that it was all stampede, you know, the, the numbers and the evidence proves that didn't happen. Not in the way that they're framing it anyway.
9: By Israeli gunfire versus by uh, these trucks and and the ensuing chaos. Uh, But our eyewitnesses on the ground indicate that it was the Israeli gunfire that prompted uh, some of those trucks to flee the scene and in the process uh, run over uh, some of these individuals. But we are still working to gather additional details. The Israeli military says for its part that the incident is under review. And they are also saying in a statement that Gazan residents surrounded the trucks, looted the supplies, is being delivered and that during the incident, dozens of Gazans, they say, were injured as a result of pushing and trampling. This was now,
1: the, the looting thing is meant to overlap with like Hamas, because think about how gro- how ludicrous it is to argue that people who are starving to death, who you're bringing food in for looted the food from the trucks you brought in for them. I mean, how do you even make sense of that? that so the looting is meant to be like ba- groups in Hamas. That's how the Western media frames it. But because the truth is that they see them all as the same thing, they come out and say, well, they, the Palestinians were looting it. So accidentally, I think, inadvertently showing you that they see them as all the same thing.
9: It's clearly more than just pushing and trampling. And we have eyewitnesses making very clear that the Israeli military did indeed open fire on these individuals uh, as well. Uh, now- Which they lied
1: about multiple times for the first couple of days.
9: We should note that this is only happening because of how desperate the humanitarian situation is in northern Gaza. Very few aid trucks have actually been able to make it in there. The World Food Program suspended aid but deliveries. That is challenging. My point
1: is like, that Israel's lying about that. Like, I mean, these are foundational lies that even corporate media are showing you. Nope, there's not overflowing with aid, right? Nope, it's not because of Hamas. Nope, it's not because of the UN over and over and over
9: saying that it was too unsafe. Part of that has to do with a lack of coordination with the Israeli military to get those trucks into a war zone safely in a way that they are not targeted. And it also has to do with the fact that the Israeli military in the past has targeted uh, police officers who have been uh, around those aid convoys. Uh, And so there is very little security for these. You combine that lack of security, you combine that with the fact that people are on the brink of famine in northern Gaza, and then the Israeli military also being on the scene. And this is the situation that appears to have arisen.
1: Yep. So think about what the Israeli propagandists must be thinking at this point. So again, here's what the IDF said while showing this you know image, which if you watch this, it's very clear that there is examples like right here where you can see it kind of stop and slow and then go faster. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's it's meant to make it look erratic, I think. The clear point is we know this has been aggressively edited. And what they said on the day after, remember? aerial footage of the operation to bring humanitarian aid shows how Palestinian crowd attacked the trucks attacked as a result of dozens were killed trampled crowding that's what they tried to argue that's ridiculous they're lying they knew they were lying they were trying to cover up the fact that they shot desperate starving people but attacked the truck that's not what happened that's simply not what happened they were taking aid until the shots fired Then they ran. Nobody was attacking the trucks. This is a narrative that we're going to bring into today as they're trying to argue that they are attacking and killing drivers. Right now, Eli David and a couple of the propagandist elements are claiming that they killed an Egyptian truck driver. As far as I can tell, it didn't even happen. I'll show you what I mean. Either way, we have to understand that the truth of this is not as simple as saying dangerous Palestinians robbing people. Like They've literally starved people to the brink of actual starvation and then acting like it's unseemly that they're acting desperate. But here is the other person we showed you, and this was on the day after, saying there was no massacre of Palestinians. See, this is the point where they were trying to pretend like it didn't even happen. Nobody shot, it was all trampi- trampling. It says, you'll hear that there was. It's propaganda. Palestinians trampled each other as they fought to, for the aid the IDF sent, knowing that Hamas was going to steal it all. None of that happened. Hundreds of Palestinians were trampled to death. So this guy is just straight up lying to you. Yeah, proud Zionist. Not surprising. So you realize that he either blindly repeated what he was told without knowing the truth or just didn't care. But these people are getting promoted by Twitter. In parallel, a Palestinian mob tried to attack an IDF forces who proceeded to shoot warning shots. That's what they claim. The IDF fired at their legs. As I said, no massacre in Gaza when the propagandists are, they're just trying to get ahead of what they knew was a massacre. You realize my point is to this right today, that's all been challenged. All of this is a lie, but I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they delete these tweets. So here's Elon Levy, like I said, on the 29th. My heart goes out to the civilians who got trampled in a stampede and run over by Gaza trucks. Same there. They all have the talking points. I can't imagine if the, uh, the desperation of knowing the Hamas terror regime is hijacking vital aid why UNRWA covers it up, none of which actually happened. UNRWA wasn't there because of your actions. Hamas wasn't there because it was surrounded by tanks and IDF members. So this is a setup. They were literally trapping starving people and then fired on them and then blamed them for the whole thing. And then again, Northern Gaza is still a war zone. Didn't you just tell us that you had secured the North and that's why you're, dry, that's why you're only focused on Rafa? If, Gaza is still a, if Northern Gaza is a war zone, why are you pretending Rafa is going to end everything? I mean I, they have lost the plot on this guys. nobody see I think people who have classically supported them are it, right now are changing sides or getting very quiet other than the maniacs like Ben Shapiro. now here's what he tweeted first: let's set the record straight and guys this was this was the the later that day, not first, I should say, but so he tweeted this in the morning that night, even as the information as even we showed and even I posted underneath his tweets showed you they lied. He came out and said, idea forces did not shoot at the convoy. Idea forces did not shoot at people looting the trucks. Idea forces used fire when masses ran toward them in a way that threatened their lives. That's been completely walked back for the most part. Especially because corporate media and their own due diligence and on the ground or whatever you want to call it, their own reporting has shown that they did. All of the things he said they didn't do. He says they were there in the first place to secure the convoy. No, they weren't. See, this is the point is they didn't secure it at all. They, they backed away the moment it got crazy because of their shooting. And he deleted the post. I just don't know why people aren't. Anyway, it's the same point as always. Again, maybe I'm screaming at the, to me, you know, screaming, uh, preaching to the choir as it were. Maybe that's the case. <laughs> I'm just blown away by anybody out there can't see through these kind of people. Alan McLeod points out the media doing the same thing. It's surreal to see in real time how the entire Western media pretend they don't know who carried out this massacre. It's all the same stuff. Killed while waiting for food. They died mysteriously, kind of stuff. Well, here's what the IDF said about it. And this, guys, is today. So, this, after everything we just showed you, all the evidence. I mean, actually everybody, I mean, like everybody in every angle of this conversation is highlighting that they did exactly what they first said they didn't do. You're not going to believe what he says. This is Mr. Propaganda himself, Mr. Hamas Calendar, telling you everything that's not true.
8: In the early hours of Thursday morning, the Israel Defense Forces facilitated a humanitarian operation to help bring aid to civilians in northern Gaza. This was the fourth night in a row that we facilitated such an operation because we want humanitarian aid to reach Gazan civilians in need.
1: No, nope. Every single point of fact, every data point proves that's not true by bringing in a couple of bullet, you know, band-aids on a bullet hole, few trucks here and there, if that's even, and we're, even the ones in the past, they're shooting at people. I'll show you that in a second.
8: You see, our war is not against the people of Gaza. Our war Is against Hamas.
1: No, even though you continually tell us that you are shooting them and they're they're human shields or that they voted for them and they're all dangerous or everything, you know, or how about calling them barbarians? Not Hamas, but um, starving people rushing to get food from an aid truck. Clearly it's against everybody. Now watch as he goes on in a really clumsy, transparent way to convince you that they're a real army. Like this is the thing I think is so, like this kind of stuff. You see, let me say again, we are not going after, because everybody knows they are, and they know that that's what they're trying to defend. But to come up and say, we're a real professional army, and that's why we know how what, to do the right thing. It's like, it just screams like play acting. It's like coming up and going, I swear I'm not lying about this. I'm not lying. I promise I'm not lying. You go, maybe he's lying. <laughs> it just, so this is what you'll see is the effort to get ahead of the thing it's it's it just it just feels like we're watching a like a B movie, right? Like some some off, you know, some junior high play or something. It feels so fake. I wonder why anybody ever fell for this stuff.
8: It is Hamas who started this war on October 7th. False. It is Hamas that had caused immense suffering to civilians on both sides of the border. False. The IDF has concluded an edit. initial review.
1: Edit, by the way, they have they have to edit these because they're, that's all they do. do.
8: Of the unfortunate incident where Gazan civilians were trampled to death and injured as they charged to the aid convoy.
1: Oh, no shooting. Our
8: initial review has confirmed that no strike was carried out by the IDF towards the aid convoy.
1: Okay, so he literally just came out today and said, everybody's lying. They're in the corporate media reports, the Al Jazeera on the ground, the local Gaza reporters, people that are testifying, I mean, everybody who saw them shoot, and even they have now been forced to admit in, for, in many other interviews that they did open fire, and he just stands up and goes, no, we didn't do that. Trust me.
8: The majority of Palestinians were
1: killed or injured as a result of the stampede. Even, you know, challenged by the fact that 90% of the bullet holes in them. But, you know, we're all Hamas, I guess. From the
8: information we gathered from the commanders and forces on the ground, our initial review has indicated that following the warning shots fired to disperse the stampede and after our forces had started retreating.
1: Even though the data on the ground, the videos we can see, and the eyewitness testimonies in the corporate review shows you that after the stampede only started after you shot. Lie after lie after lie after a three day series of lies that preceded this lie. Several
8: looters approached our forces and posed an immediate threat to them.
1: Okay, here's the new addition to this. This is the overlap of the point we heard before. So, for some random reason, these desperately starving people were going to get food but then went to attack you for no reason. I mean, it's certainly possible. But why then would you shoot at open people that were otherwise getting food? Hundred people died. That we know are bullet holes. They try to, that's the stampede lie, trying to cover it up. But you see, my point is every point they put out contradicts another. I've, I've said this so many times. And is it one of the most obvious examples of this I've ever seen. If you lie about everything, you're eventually going to step on previous lies. You're eventually going to turn with a new lie and contradict something else you lied about. That's what we're seeing every day right now. I mean, within every 30 seconds, the next guy that gets up and says something about it is going to say something different. And their narratives don't line up. It's constant.
8: According to the initial review, the soldiers responded towards several individuals. As a professional military committed to international law, we are committed to examining our operations thoroughly.
1: Have you ever heard any other military representative say that? since we're a real live military with real official things going on over here, we're going to do a real official investigation. Like that just screams like you're trying to convince us that you're real. (laughs) When you're obviously a very, very poor and poorly trained and ineffective military that has been spending the last 75 years of brutal apartheid and shooting women and children. And suddenly that's becoming very transparent as you can barely effectively accomplish what you're trying to accomplish and you're still doing civilian bombings i mean it's just crazy as a real professional military i mean i maybe that's just me to me i just i laughed when he said that as
8: a professional military committed to international law we are committed to examining our operations thoroughly we have opened an inquiry
6: also to examine
8: lie. the incident further which will help us reduce the risk of such a tragic incident from occurring again during one of our humanitarian
1: operations right so the whole thing right there was to to put out the argument that we're doing humanitarian things and we're going to keep doing it which is not true but wait a minute so you did an investigation that you just claimed you concluded and here's the proof but we're going to do more okay why what, what do, do it's this is the kind of stuff that I always laugh about I don't even believe that. I don't think there's any investigation even happening, let alone a second one that's going to go on indefinitely. It's about trying to very, like, clumsily plant into your mind that they're still doing work investigating the problems and we're going to use it to better ourselves. Why would you do an investigation and then come out and give you partial, like, you just said this is what happened, so didn't you conclude the investigation? What are you going to find more about and what are you investigating further? Are there more people you need to talk to? Is there more video to comb through and if that's the case then why did you come out and tell us something now as if it's complete you get my point like i just am completely blown away by how ineffective inept these people are you're bad at this man like i actually believe that today they're really bad and either are used to things being taken without any due diligence or have suddenly gotten worse at this i don't know
8: the incident will be examined in the fact finding and assessment mechanism an independent, professional, and expert body. So an investigation. <laughs> right. Keep selling it. For the sake of transparency, we will share updates as our examination develops, hopefully, in the coming days. I mean, I want- what, what do
1: you think is going to be added to it? You just told us that here's our breakdown. We did this. This is what happened. So this is going to be an opening for another propaganda effort should it come into need. my bet, my, I'm willing to bet you that this goes nowhere unless they lose control of this to a degree that gets worse than, I mean, it's already happened. But my point would be this might is only, is, I bet you it goes nowhere. We'll never hear about it again unless this is in their interest to sell you another lie on top of it.
8: I want to make something clear. Our war is against Hamas.
1: Oh, didn't you already say this? Yes, but yet again, we have to make it clear because your war is on Palestinians. So you need to keep stressing the lie. Otherwise, people are going to believe that you're killing innocent people, which you are.
8: Not against the people of Gaza. This is why we are facilitating aid. But they're not, though,
1: and you can prove it. So this is the grotesque reality of asking for praise while you're murdering people.
8: Creating humanitarian corridors establishing unilateral humanitarian pauses and exercising you caution mean the
1: one thing. The one time that happened and you broke it early because they tried to return the Bebas family's dead bodies that you don't want people to know about because you still use their memory, their lives to propagandize people emotionally. They just shared the other day, this baby is still kicking. I mean, it's and the sad reality is he was, and that's a crime, but the worst reality is that IDF bombings poss- possibly deliberately killed these people. And I say that because we've seen deliberate killings of innocent people on their side, Hannibal Directive. My point, though, is that that's what stopped the previous pause. Not pauses, one. And everything they
8: did was an illusion. In our use of force, Israel and the international community are working together to enable the entry and distribution of humanitarian aid to the residents of Gaza. It's a lie. We coordinated an airdrop of humanitarian aid into Gaza.
1: I don't even believe that. I'm pretty sure that was Jordan, the United States, and Israel is just sticking its name on that.
8: Conducted by the United States Central Command and the Royal Jordanian Air Force.
1: And it was 38,000 meals. This is an
8: important effort. And an insult. We encourage all efforts, all of them, to help alleviate the suffering of civilians in Gaza. We have coordinated a total of 21 airdrops in northern Gaza in collaboration with France- the
1: UAE. Dro- I mean, just think about how disgusting it is to sell us on this idea while you are actively maintaining a starvation campaign. It just goes on. You know, it, it's just the kind of grotesque. This is the lowest common denominator of humanity. Not just a murderer, but a murderer who then pretends he's saving people and asks you to praise him for that. Elon Levy goes again saying, here's the background to the deadly stampede. This is today. Hamas is hijacking aid right to the talking points. UNRWA is covering it up. Wait a minute, so you mean the UNRWA that wasn't there because you currently have removed their funding and so they're not present per their own statements and UNRWA and Hamas, who you can prove wasn't there by your own videos because you had it surrounded with tanks and IDF members. Those two, that's your story? So Israel's coordinating humanitarian operations, he says, to get aid directly to civilians in northern Gaza. Thursday's convoy was the fourth night in a row. Just, He's just relaying what this person said. With no, it's, it's a lie, guys. It's a provable lie. So you go from telling us that the, the Palestinians looted it and you shot at him because you were afraid to now pretending Hamas was involved and UNRWA was covering it up that neither of them were present? I just can't get past how dumb this all is. Here's another representative. This is today saying the same thing, the same lie, repeated ad nauseum. But allowing them. To get the aid that we are pushing through now there are no uh, Hamas, lim- the people who live in, in the Gaza
2: triple say you know i 'm not not at all denying what you're saying about Hamas and, and what they are doing inside Gaza, but also there is a clear issue getting aid into Gaza, and that is, that is controlled by Israel, the amount of aid that gets in and and if you look at what happened today, perhaps does that tell us anything about the desperation of some people for the for the meager amounts of aid that do get in
1: yeah. There are no limits on the amount of aid that can go into Gaza. Let me say that again. There are no... Yeah, Maybe there's no limits, but you find ways to hinder the process. You see, this is the kind of wordplay that they do. We're in a court of law. The way, we never set any limits, but we just put 40 different things on lists that we change every 30 seconds that would then cause every truck to turn around. But hey, no limits. No limits from the Israeli side on the amounts of aid... Israel humanitarian-
2: is stopping aid getting through. Israel is limiting
1: how much is able to cross the border. We know that. Don't you love that? Like, that's just important. They're just like, just stop lying. We know you're lying. Now move forward. Like, this is the kind of thing that is jarring people free. Like, that's embarrassing. So we need the highlight is that you just tried to push a lie you know is a lie, got called out for it. And no one seems to regard that as like reflective of the bigger story, at least in the corporate field. But here's times of Gaza from today. A half hour ago, and this was posted at 9.45 this morning, at least. Yeah, 9.45 central time, it looks. Oh, hold on. Let me see the the latest post. Maybe they updated. Oh, there's a video now. So let's see. First, it said, half an hour ago, Israeli airstrikes targeted Palestinian civilians waiting for aid trucks with flour near the Kuwaiti roundabout in Gaza City. Okay? So this is today, after what just happened, after being caught by everybody for knowingly setting people up, they're just doing it again. I mean, I guess at some point when you just realize that you're caught anyway, why would you even pull, pull the mask off? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the argument would be, but this is wild. And this is just one of the videos. I think I've got a couple of them we will show you. I'll, I think I'll go show you one of the next one. This is just a video of people in the hospital, you know, bombed and just, it's hard to watch. Yeah, this is the video that was shared by CUDS News Network saying the same thing. Devastating massacre led to killing of dozens of starving Gazans at the Kuwaiti roundabout in Gaza today as they were waiting for food. The same exact thing. Bombed while they were waiting. And here's what's so alarming about this. So I started looking into this today. And I found things that seemed like two different incidents. And I only see that the, like the majority of coverage being about one. But as far as I can tell, there's actually been two more. Now, first of all, this is again on Al Jazeera on the first one, saying they've dozens have been killed by the horrific massacre and aid seekers at the Kuwaiti roundabout in Gaza City, as well as the fact that they're telling you that at least 15 children have now died just in the past few days from both dying of thirst and dying from starvation. Every day this is happening now, and we're pretending like it's not going on. Now, first, before we point out the other one that happened today, realizing this is not even the first time, and this is our point about how this is not new, not new since October 7th, but not even new within that. Like, this has been happening a long time, but just since October 7th, they've been shooting at people getting aid from the very beginning. Here is the example of the, uh, uh, the Kuwaiti roundabout already happening, right? So this is as of today, March 3rd. They're shooting and bombing aid trucks and people getting aid at that location. Here is the cradle reporting this on January 25th. So January, the beginning of this year, Israeli tanks open fire on hundreds of Gazans waiting for aid at the Kuwaiti roundabout. So this is just a process, guys, where people are just finally paying attention. They're shooting, murdering, torturing these people, marching them left and right, removing their homes, destroying their belongings, popping shots at whoever they want murdering raping stealing anywhere they are settlers displacing in the west bank doing all the same things that's the reality of what's going on this is not new and here's another example tmj sharing this and this is what's crazy is what her argument is anyway right when elon levy was trying to rehash this today well here's the background to the other thing we already lied about even though everyone's exposing it and by the way even this image has changed look what they, they changed it like, why did you edit the still shot? That's not what it looks like. They made those darker. It's like they're, they're just—it's all so psychological manipulation. But the point is that right when he was posting this was apparently right when this was happening. Another event, and all this is showing you is this truck. This looks like in the same general area. Actually, what they're saying is in uh, Dire Al Balah. I'll show you some other clips in a second. Definitely an aid truck. It's bomb destroyed. And apparently there were people that died when this happened. And the idea being it's right up near the beach. So it seems like close to the same area, possibly by the other one. You guys tell me where that exact location is. Dair al Balah. There's the video of it happening. But here's Lord Bebo just sharing the same thing. Israeli Air Force hits another aid truck. Just when one massacre's over, there's another new one. Being covered by Al Jazeera, local media. All right. I don't want to show you that. It's gross. Dead body. Hey, okay, so here, here's another example casualties and injuries in Israeli airstrike. Same one in humanitarian aid truck in uh, in Dyer al Balah, central Gaza. And this is where all this is like right when happened. Everyone's running up. The point is, at, and this is what happens every time. As people are there, you get shots fired at them while they're there. And this is after the fact. Same thing that happened at the, at the Flower Massacre and it's been going on since the beginning. You fi- shots were fired as people are going up to save bodies. It's, it's the same thing you see everywhere. In Yemen, that's what the U.S. and Saudi Arabia were doing. You shoot people and then when they go to bring the ambulances in, you bomb the ambulances. That's the same tactics. just dead bodies, right? So either way, guys, the reporting is that we've seen there's now two of these that have happened today. This is from Middle East uh, Monitor. Scores of Palestinians killed, injured as Israel bombs another aid truck. This one, again, being a dire al Balah, Central Gaza Strip. Here is uh, the, uh, what is it? I forget, AA. I forget what the actual name of the website is. The, the Turkish website. Scores of Palestinians killed. Same story. So now we looks like we have two more examples of aid trucks being bombed by Israeli forces and barely even getting reporting on it, right? So even though you got CNN and others that are focusing back on something that happened on the 29th, we are on the stories of today, as usual. And whether they even end up following this next part of it, because I don't think it's truly honest that they're truly just doing, they may be individually, because I don't think all these reporters truly know that they're being manipulated. That's why they're chosen. But either way, from an entity level, the CNN, Fox News, all these platforms are trying to deceive you in just the right ways. So whether they follow up on these today, I don't know. But they should, because Israel is bombing aid trucks while people are actually starving to death. I showed you the images to begin with. And just so you remember it, Mohammed Shihada points this out. Before this was yesterday, he says yesterday, this on the 1st, before the Flower Massacre, the IDF has been shooting indiscriminately at starving Gazans waiting for aid trucks. I mean, we already showed you all this. This is the crossing, the Kuwaiti crossing back in January. Firing on hundreds of innocent people, killing people. Same thing. And this is a thread of some of the incidents. And these multiple incidents, guys. Shot a child in the abdomen as they were trying to get waiting for food trucks. It's all provable. It's all it, all on online. You can see it all. You can see them posting and laughing about it. But we're all confused, right? Example after example after example of shooting people while they're going for food that goes all the way back to the beginning. Here's just this one video from uh, essentially the week before the flower massacre showing them being shot at while they're trying to get food, by the way, from the same location.
9: خليك
3: ثابت خليك ثابت
1: خليك ثابت a
3: Sabbath. I'm تعال
1: تعال تعال علينا تعال علينا I'm a little i a i have
3: <laughs> you die
1: in Gaza and feel humiliated for a bad <laughs>
3: story. The world is silent and confused.
1: And the point, obviously, guys, like the story is, you know, the, the the discussion point goes, just like in historical times, what did you do? Right When your family asks you in 40, 50 years from now, what did you do to stop the genocide? I know what I did. I know what you guys did. But I know what some people didn't. And they'll always have to live with that. Now, here's the other thing. People like this probably don't care. Here's my example to kind of wrap up tonight. Where This is is another example of a truck. But what's interesting to me is it's happening at the same time. I'm wondering if this is a deliberate distraction, right? So, and I just might, just a thought, because here's what we're talking about. We have a flower massacre that the, even the corporate media is breaking down and making them look really bad. Then you've got two more examples in and of themselves where people have died today, shooting aid trucks. And then weirdly enough, at the same time, you've got an example of a truck that, r- that rolled off the road. Is what the, It's just a truck that's off the side of the road where people who are desperately starving to death run up and grab the food. That's what happened. And here's what he says. Quote, innocent Palestinian civilians, meaning again, that David really wants you to know that there is no innocent Palestinians while pretending like only Hamas is bad, just showing you how internally disgusting the people are. He says, killed the driver of an Egyptian humanitarian truck and looted the truck. Barbarians. He calls innocent, starving Palestinians, barbarians. Showing you, again, collective punishment is his mantra. But the point of this is he shares this from Hamas atrocities. Here is Vizregard24, who shared this before he did, also from Hamas atrocities, also saying Palestinians caused an Egyptian humanitarian truck to crash and kill the driver, which is in my opinion is where he got that from, because it's not what happened as far as I can tell. But remember, of his regards, the one that's already been like routinely deleting tweets that they put because it's false, it's fake. We're retweeting things that you could prove didn't even happen. This is a, this is a platform that's dedicated to propaganda. It's not a news organization. They're pro-Israel, nonstop, just like Eli David, whatever is working for me, just like we're going to watch right here. So let's look at the count they took it from, right? 1, 1. 1.7 million views for this post. They got it from Moss Atrocities, which is another pro-Israel account. But what did they share? Same video. Same music and everything. And here's what they said. Aid truck raided in Gaza after losing control. So that's actually what happened. And it says falling off the road. But here's what they wrote. Possibly because the mob threw stones. Now, even if you think that's what happened, think about the idea, again, you have a child that's going to starve tonight. Your family's dying in front of you and you see food driving by. Are we really going to start splitting hairs about what they're going to do to not die that day? Like, this is how crazy this has gotten. But I'm not, we don't even know if that's what happened. The point is, he goes, well, maybe they threw rocks. I don't know. And he says, it's not that aid is not entering. Yes, it is. And everybody can prove that. But he goes, it's the total failure of the local distribution. Read Hamas. Okay. I disagree with that, actually, in the general sense. But what you're now doing is highlighting the fact that they are not doing their job as Israeli government. Because if you're the one that's saying you've dismantled Hamas in this area, which is what they've said, and that Hamas is a terrorist organization, and that you are the occupying the area, which means you're legally responsible for controlling this, or even if you're not occupying it, any other group like Jordan, the rest of them are providing security, are being next to the aid, are distributing that aid. Only Israel's dumping it in there and then blaming them as they shoot at them and stuff goes crazy. So you see, no matter what they do, they're lying. They're getting caught. It's nobody's fault, but Israel at every angle of this. Then a truck that rolls off the road, or maybe they got hit with stones. And I mean, why would that cause the drive off the road? I don't know. I'm wondering whether this was a setup again to just not shooting anybody, but just making it look, see, they're looting and they're raiding. But then this gets turned into because they just can't not lie that they're, they killed the driver too. Now, as far as I can tell, there's only one thing on the internet that i can find that is making that argument now i don't know whether this stems from their statement or not the timing seems to stem from what they're pointing to but this is the article and this is from some hong kong newspaper posted this yesterday saying tragic end for an aid driver now all you get from this is an, it says up here in an incident and it's highlighting a truck that's not involved in this so it's just like a stack, st- static you know stock image saying a truck driver was brutally killed in gaza the, the driver, part of a convoy delivering aid, be, became the latest casualty in a region grip. It doesn't say anything about what, where he was from. I mean, and if you really get into this, oh, it does upset, say the death of an Egyptian truck driver. But either way, that's it. The rest of it goes into all the rest of the conversations. Scenes from Al-Rashid Street, not that they're necessarily even connected. It just goes into what just happened to the Flower Massacre. It goes into the reaction for it. So all you get is this statement. Where is that coming from? I can't find literally any evidence for this. Then you've got an a, 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 uh, Instagram post that simply highlights that article and the image from it, not even a link. Okay, so you have this coming out before and I think this is what they're using to try to pretend. And this is what Visregrad is pointing to, claiming this. It says Egyptian truck driver warns other truck drivers not to volunteer to drive humanitarian aid because they're being attacked is what they're saying. One was severely beaten after being dragged out of his truck a few days ago. Okay, wait a minute. Didn't you just say they were killed? Isn't that what you just said? Where is this example of being killed? Because realize this image and this video is otherwise being used to argue that they're killing people. That's, this is what's happening. So this, to me, seems like a completely fabricated narrative to try to downplay what we just saw and the two they just killed today by making up an entire story based off a truck that probably was driven off the road on purpose to create a manufactured story. Either way, a truck that was not attacked, that was simply taken after it was sitting there on the road, and the person was not killed, even according to the people that posted the story, and then it becomes because David says so, and because a propaganda platform says so, that he got killed. Now, if a story comes out that I haven't seen where a driver got killed, then we'll talk about it. But this is why these people never post source material. But either way, the point comes back to the fact that who was responsible for the aid. So nobody was protecting the driver. Whose fault is that? Israel's fault. So it just doesn't matter how you spin this. They are using their own. They're shooting themselves in the feet by pointing this stuff out, even if it's true. But I don't think it is. I really don't. Here's the video that they're showing you. And what's funny to me is they cut out the last six seconds when they share this. And I'll show you why. You just It's just everything about this is dishonest. And all it says now, and the other point is, I can't verify this is even real. This seems to be a driver they're pretending is from what happened at the Flower Massacre and saying, this is what happened to the trucks. Saying, please don't cross the border, showing a window crashed in. I can't see who this is. I can't verify it's not an IDF member. <laughs> you know, see what I'm saying? The Palestinians have destroyed all of our trucks. Well, is that what happened? So, you know, you see them being caught in every other angle of the story lying about it. Why wouldn't they just make this up too? See my point? So you beat up the trucks, you break things and you come back and you go, see, they were all looting. And that's what happened. Yeah, they were starving to death. So even if they were, it doesn't really shock anybody, but you shot everybody. And this is the story. Look at the damage they caused to the trucks. They threw rocks at us, breaking the windshield. You see how these are now overlapping, right? They threw trucks and rang it up the road. But this is actually from the flower massacre. This is because this was posted early on the third, right? Whereas this story was posted late on the second. And this is discussing a, a follow up. This is a driver pointing back. In any case, I don't see anybody dying. It says the blood of one of the drivers. He says, you see what they did to the truck? So now it's somebody different speaking. I don't even know how that makes sense. Look at this. He says, This is the behavior of the Gazan people. That's where it ends. But here's what was actually posted. This is what I think is so ridiculous. These people lie all the time. So it ended here. That's the behavior of the gods of people. Look what it goes on to say. And then you'll see why they wanted to cut it out because it shows you the real sentiment. People that we keep praying for, but we shouldn't. I swear to God that they deserve more than what's happening to them. Ah, And and so now we see why you cut it out. See my point? Like it's just everything's dishonest about all of this, but all it ultimately amounts to, and here's another person doing the same thing. An Egyptian truck driver entered Al-Rashid Street. So here's my point. It wasn't this new point they're making because this is not Al Rashid Street. We're talking about something different here. And yet he's conflating this story saying that they killed the driver, even though the story that they're about the driver being killed actually was just about the truck and maybe they threw rocks. I don't know. Right. And that's this story. But then they're using this to pretend that's what happened. But this story is actually from the flower massacre. It's just so tiresome to have to constantly ho- highlight all this stuff. But so that's the point. The same Egyptian driver they claim was killed was actually Al Rashid, but it was, he says, it was, it was, he says, uh, but was instead attacked, lynched, and stoned to death. By, and they show these videos, which show literally nothing to back that up. In fact, what they show is what appears to be Palestinians hiding while Israeli fire is going over their head. Neither video shows anything that even relates to a truck, as far as I can tell. But apparently that, I mean, it's got no engagement, so that's probably why. But this is incredible. All going back to this propagandist, that's get, this gets 500,000. This one gets 2 million, manipulating people into thinking they're murdering people. And this is what happens because of it. Howard Beckett says, the Palestinian defense spokesman says, they airdropped aid from the Strip and it doesn't equate to a load of two trucks. Basically saying it's, it's a, it's a bandit on a bullet hole, right? This person says, didn't those animals kill an Egyptian truck driver and loot his load? According to what, David, Eli, David screaming online using other posts that don't even amount to what he said. But you see, this is what happens. Whether this guy is another part of the agenda or not, people get manipulated by the idea that, well, they murdered somebody. It's not even true. Here's a video. Femi saying something I think is important.
4: In today's episode of Western countries pretending we're the good guys, you might have seen that the United States is sending humanitarian aid to Gaza, just like we did a week ago, and it doesn't mean shit. Let me give you an example. At one point, the money that the UK was making by selling weapons to Saudi Arabia, which they were using to bomb hospitals and schools in Yemen, killing thousands upon thousands of civilians, was ten times more than the money we gave in humanitarian aid to Yemen. So given that the UK and the US have refused to stop selling bombs to Israel while they commit genocide in Gaza, we don't get to pat ourselves on the back for sending them a few snacks. This is nothing but moral
1: pantomime. Ooh, I got it. Just in time. I agree. Moral pantomime or or humanitarian aid pantomime, right? They're they're pretending. It's an illusion. In fact, they're benefiting from the murder, as he said with with Saudi Arabia and Yemen to such a degree that it's it's doesn't it's, it's they're they're profiting from their illusion, while actually reaping praise from some people that don't realize that they're lying. This is the point. This is the lowest of the low, in my opinion. But here's what somebody did in response at to that point. They says or they say. They are probably having to drop the aid because Egyptian truck drivers have been stoned. One truck driver died. Why are the Palestinians and government not policing this? Well, Because it's the Israeli government's responsibility and that he destroyed whatever was the semblance of some kind of leadership, right? You can't pretend that your game is to destroy all of Hamas, who you've laid sure was in charge. That's a provable fact. And then pretend like nobody's there to take care of everything because you destroyed them. On top of that, it is still your obligation to make sure that the aid you're delivering is protected. But these people don't know that. They're just screaming the narrative. But here is Visregard again. Egyptian truck driver warned the truck drivers not to volunteer, saying he was beaten up, right? Using the video that I showed you where they don't even discuss being killed. But this is my point. It all connects back to the same lie. It became this lie that they say from this one based on the same image, but they're not even the same thing. This is in a different location. This is from the flower massacre in Al Rashid. They don't care. I mean, do you guys just see how mind-blowing this is? Like, these people are just picking things up. They know some of us are going to see right through. They just don't care. Here's Colin Rugg saying, Justin, United States has dropped humanitarian aid. Oh my God, it's all fantastic and great, even though it's ridiculous. It is is an illusion. But partisan players are going to lean into whatever works for them. Here's a great article from The Cradle saying humanitarian aid drops into Gaza-only theater. According to pretty much every age group you want to talk to. And on top of that, let's not forget that this is from uh, February to 2013. Excuse me. You can show, it's just like the images and the videos of them shooting at people at aid convoys, going back to the beginning of time of, 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 of uh, occupation of Palestine, but October 7th forward for sure. You can show an endless amount of videos of them destroying bakeries and food locations and, and markets. And... Destroying and burning food warehouses on February 13th while they're starving people to death. Are we still pretending like they're trying to feed them? Israeli soldiers posted a video of themselves on social media celebrating the destruction and burning of food warehouses. <laughs> this comes as they're dying of starvation. Here's a video of burning food warehouses in by Gaza, in Gaza, posted by the Israeli soldiers. I mean, it's constant. They're praising this. And here's Ryan Grimm pointing out, not that, first of all, this is a Daniel Goldman saying after Hamas's misinformation about the Al-Ali hospital attack, which don't forget, the Israeli government bombed, the fake, the tweet went out first by Naftali claiming that it was because Hamas was there until the wrong narrative was put out. He deleted that and then said, nope, it was Hamas, just like Elon Levy just deleted a tweet and sold the narrative the other way because they're liars. But he says, the misinformation about Ali hospital attack in October, why would anybody, especially the media, believe Hamas about the convoy? Say, like pointing back at another false flag narrative lie to try to pretend like that justifies why we shouldn't believe them today. Don't look at the evidence, ignore your lying eyes, and just trust narrative. That's the point. And Ryan Grimm says, not that anything matters, but forensic architecture, one of the world's top firms that does this sort of thing, studied the AI, Ali hospital bombing. excuse me. Excuse me. Study the Ali hospital bombing and found it was an Israeli interceptor missile that struck it. Don't the facts matter? Of course not. It was not a deliberate Israeli attack, but it was an IDF bomb. That's what he says. I disagree with that. I think it was deliberate bombing that was then covered up by that story, but they decided to go the other direction. But then let's not forget every other hospital since that was them. And they did bomb it and they did hack it and they claimed it's because Hamas was there. But this one was a fake news story. Don't accuse us. How dare you? Well, why would it even make sense if you bombed every other one of them because Hamas was there? Why would you even balk at it? Because that was the first one. You see, they, were, they didn't know whether it would work. They lied about it, guys, just like every other circumstance we're talking about. Lastly, to finish, Alon Mizrahi points out, and I agree entirely, five months into this, Zionism has become the most hated ideology on the face of the planet. And this will only get worse and worse with fiercer and more public displays of of disgust, anger, and divestment. Also clear, Zionism only survives by unending, intense, ferocious American support and has no path forward without it. Once this support is weakened for whatever reason, Zionism is doomed, especially when it gains so many new enemies worldwide, which of course they'll try to conflate with hating Jews, hating Judaism, it's not the truth. That's the only out that they have and mo- nobody's even buying it anymore because we all recognize that as, as I think even Zachary uh, Foster pointed out in an interview, the original Zionists apparently were Christians at least in his research. Either way, the point was it ultimately comes down to sort of like, an like a non-religious perspective that abuses religion. But either way, it's it, it just become the most transparent thing in the world that people are now realizing the history and the background. It shows you that they're just not who they say they are. And then ultimately try to conflate this with hating a specific type of person is the only way you can try to bury the reality of your history, the reality of what you did to get where you are and the reality of what you're currently doing, which doesn't matter what religion or ethnicity or whatever you point that, as I said, there is no narrative that put that hides 15,000 murdering children or murdering 50,000 children, Israelis and Jews, he says, will have to live with the sad consequences of this many, many years and generations after the current crazed. And psychopathic leadership is dead and gone, which, yes, that will in some ways translate to irrational hatred towards people that don't deserve it just simply because someone is Israeli that suddenly now you're it's the same thing that happened with Germans after World War II. Not every German was a Nazi. Right. But the problem is that people that's that that is the game that happens from the other side of this. Right. Or there are people intent on making you think that that every Israeli is the and and we just have to be objective and stop falling to the political games and all this. Human human life matters. Always. But we have to realize that there are people that will always try to play, spin you and create narratives that make you think that there are reasons and justifications for why sometimes they don't. That's the illusion. It says, Israelis and Jews ought to live with this for years to come. Their children and grandchildren will never understand why they did this, how they let it happen. And in the name of what Zionism chose to be the most hated ideology on earth, and stuck to it for months and years, exposing itself as a force devoid of any remnants of humanity. And in Cuba stood up on the second, literally saying that this was, uh, what was it? Oh, well, I think it was, I think they were, you know, standing up in, in support of Palestine, saying, hands off, Rafa. Israeli, te- this this was just a report that included last minute that Orwell sent me that we already mentioned. I'm not going to show the image because it's just something that will haunt you for the rest of your life. But we told you about the, the, Examples that were shown of, of children that were smashed, rolled over with tanks, and all you could make out was their hands with zip ties still on them. That's a true, it's very real. And internet, Euromed Human Rights Monitor has proven that, and many other investigations that have shown, and it, it's, I mean, you just can't hide from stuff like this. And press TV, Israeli tanks deliberately ran over Palestinians in Gaza. Just, it's the, it's the true nature of what's going on. And I'm going to leave you with a pretty long clip, but I want you to watch this. Actually, Jonas uh, Tarawi ter- put out a really good thread. We just showed you. This is basically you, an, an Al Jazeera report that utilizes his research along with um, his name is BM or I really hate you is his uh, uh, symbol uh, the, the tag on Twitter, and it's just exposing what we're talking about: the dehumanization, the the hatred. The, 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 how they despise these people simply for being Palestinian. And that's not every Israeli or every Jew. It's the, it's the Zionist influence on anybody who falls prey to it. And that's the important thing to, le- to leave you with today, is that these, everything shows you the truth of what we're staring at here. If you just pay attention to it, if you stand back and open your mind to the provable data that's in front of you, and, and instead of looking to the narrative that they want you to flavor it all with, and sometimes just ignore it entirely, they're lying to you guys. And the proof is there. Not the evidence, the proof. And I know most of you see that. So thank you for continuing to help us get the information out there. But it's just important that we keep fighting because this isn't going to stop after just this one situation or even just the conversation of Israel. These powerful entities will always try to fight to control your pe- your perception, influence the outcome of everything you do. And we're here just to show you that there's always another path. So keep fighting. Thank you for your support. I'll end with this clip so you can check this out. And I will be playing the Zachary Foster interview tomorrow, pretty much no matter what. So I probably just will do that tomorrow and let that stand. Because so I really want people to see, you know, just how insightful, how intelligent this person is and how everything he's talking about is cited re- directly back to the the history of the of the story, of the, you know, the history of the Palestinian people and the real origins of what is now occupied Palestine. So thank you for tuning in. If you'd like to support this platform, the link's down below. There's lots of ways to do so. We do need your support. You can support us on our Substack. New writers coming in soon and new articles coming out. I have a new one for myself coming out soon. And in general, the, the, subscri- the button on the website itself on the sidebar, you can subscribe. Just $1 a month makes all the difference in the world. At most, just sh- at least just share the content. Get it in front of people, make clips, break it down, have conversations about it. Thank you for being here. Having the courage to push back. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.
4: I lost the
10: There has been a remarkable number of videos posted by Israeli soldiers on social media depicting themselves pillaging property, mocking the death and destruction that they are causing, and uh, most egregiously uh, torturing, humiliating, and mocking uh, detained Palestinian prisoners.
6: (laughs)
5: The images of mass arrests, of torture of Palestinians, of numbering their bodies, which is reminiscent of images all of us have seen from Guantanamo and Abu Ghraib, These images are testament to what Palestinians have long been saying, which is that this, this settler colonial regime is utterly violent. They show the nature through which This genocide is unfolding in the Gaza Strip. They also show the extreme brutality and torture, violence, utter disregard of human life, transforming these violent conducts into a spectacle to be viewed and watched uh, on social media posts.
11: They lack specific intelligence about who actually might be Hamas and because they lack intelligence they therefore are rounding up everyone in order to uh, hope to extract information through interrogation. The fact that they've been stripped to their underwear is you know, a manifestation of cruel, inhumane, and degrading treatment, which is also illegal in addition to torture. The fact that they're photographing these things, it's like trophy shots. What this depicts, I think, very vividly is dehumanization and torture. You know, the idea that somebody can be just, like their body is just being attacked, you know, in their most vulnerable position. His hands are bound behind his back. He's lying face down, soldiers stepping on his face. In a sense, it epitomizes torture in general, purposefully harming someone who's in custody. That custodial relationship is a particularly vulnerable one where you know the custodians have all the power and the prisoner who is, in this case, not only on the ground and tied up, but completely powerless.
5: The images are showing us and telling us how central imprisonment or carceral practices are to the settler colonial regime. The torture, humiliation, uh, and degrading conduct against Palestinians is not simply restricted to the Gaza Strip. There are also images and videos that have been circulating from the West Bank. Since October 7th, over 7,000 Palestinians have been detained, which is a number unheard of uh, over the past uh, decade.
10: Israeli soldiers have quite remarkably taken to converting their massive, really unprecedented destruction of Palestinian homes, hospitals, mosques, universities, churches, schools, into entertainment videos. There's one uh, video where Israeli soldiers are showing some residential homes that they've set on fire and attached uh, a song.
3: Fire. This is on fire.
10: There have been uh, many, many images of uh, uh, Israeli soldiers who've ransacked Palestinian homes and confiscated their personal goods. Uh, One in particular is the red negligee that uh, appears to be seen in so many Israeli videos where Israeli soldiers are mocking and advertising their very deliberate intrusion of the home of a Palestinian woman, the confiscation of her most intimate apparel, uh, and flaunting that in a way that's definitely intended to be provocative and humiliating.
11: The videos further reinforce a discourse that is coming out of every sector of the Israeli official machinery, where all Palestinians are the enemy. (laughs) Many officials have said they deserve to be eliminated. And you see it manifested in that kind of joie de vivre, you know, that soldiers are expressing as they destroy uh, Palestinian homes. And there is a consumption of this kind of image that kind of fortifies the anger, the hatred, the anti-Palestinian sentiment and the kind of complete disregard of the humanity of Palestinian civilians.
10: There's such a high level of confidence among these IDF soldiers that they can do whatever they want. To say to the whole world, look at what we're doing to Palestinians in Gaza. Look at how we are brutalizing detainees. Look at how we're humiliating every single man, woman, and child as we destroy their homes, set fire to them, uh, and make fun of it. Uh, And they are provoking and challenging the whole world. Uh, to say, we can do this, we can get away with it, and no one in the world can stop us. No Israeli has found themselves sanctioned uh, by the international community, by countries that have these tools, which, again, has only reinforced the belief of Israeli soldiers that they are immune, that they are exempted from uh, uh, complying with international laws, from basic human rights laws, uh, that they are above the law.
5: Since the beginning of this genocidal war, reservists have been called up. And who are the reservists? They are the entire proportion of the Israeli society. There are teachers, professors, students, doctors, medics, artists, writers, journalists. These images, they are not only directed to a small audience, they are directed to a broad audience. There's a long-practice history of racializing and dehumanizing Palestinians. These images and these videos entirely show how Israeli violence is also not only directed towards Palestinian livelihood, but also their material beings, so their houses, their their belongings, eliminating Palestinian existence. History has taught us that the dehumanization of subjects is essential to the infliction of violence. I think Israel has perfected This in discourse and in practice, but this is not new. It dates back to the beginning of this state, through which Palestinians were expelled, degraded, humiliated, killed, and effectively forcibly disappeared.
4: Thanks for watching. Now hit that like button.